it's the end of the year bump. No, not this show's live opening guffaw. That happened already. As the news quiets down through November, we get one last hurrah in the form of the Video Game Awards and so much of what we'll be looking forward to in 2024, and in some cases, 2025. New games, old games making their return, teasers, troubles, toils, and Tom Petty? This is the last hurrah of the year, but not the last episode of the year. Now it's time for your hosts, Rob Roberts, Jamie Summers, and Loki, to tell you about the awards, reveals, and the rest of the week's gaming news. Starting right now on the show, where every gamer has a voice. Hello, my friends out there on the internet, and welcome back to another week of the show where every gamer has a voice. It is Orange Lounge Radio Live. Once again, episode number 985 of our show for tonight, December the 10th of 2023. My name is Rob Roberts, and I am joined each and every week on this program for the last 21 plus years with my co-host. Say hello first off to the one and only Dark Sakura or Jamie Summers. Who is who is muted on Discord as the troubles of recording on the internet sometimes uh, things get in the way. So I'll try again. Hello, Dark Sakura or Jamie Summers. Okay, who's waving at me? So there must be some other type of issues. So while she fixed that, I'm gonna go over to Techmaster Loki. Hey, Loki. Hey. Hi. How are you? I'm doing all right. Yeah. Um, as we do tape live every Sunday night at the Voice of Geeks Network, twitch.tv slash vog network, nine o'clock Eastern, six o'clock Pacific, you can look at visuals of this show uh, as we are doing this. And Loki likes to have games that play behind him while we're live. And I, I thought for a minute I was looking at like the last ninja, and now I see elevator action with penguins. This must be one of those like homebrew games that's like a hodgepodge of everything. No, this is uh, talking. This is going into my gaming week. It's oh. uh, the first season of stuff that's available on the Playdate. So, oh, okay. Yeah, so like I got, I got the little thing. It's it's oh. tiny. It's um, it's it's like a Game Boy, but I mean, it, it's pretty much like a Game Boy because it doesn't have a backlight on the screen. It's kind of got one of those like e-ink type screens uh-huh, uh-huh. so um pretty cool you can get a bunch of games for it it has a little crank on it and stuff so part of it uh it comes with a season of games which is 24 games that unlock two a week or you can go into your account and unlock them all but it's good to just do two a week because then you get to play them and sure. actually you know check them all out interesting but, yeah it's been pretty fun interesting um so how long ago did you order one of those because weren't they back ordered for a little bit um like a week ago so they're they're available now oh that's good and have you have you done homebrew to it or anything like that um no they have their own like shop um and you can sideload stuff pretty easy with it as well um i'm gonna at some point put on there they have a a game boy emulator that someone made for it of course i mean of course um i gotta put that on there uh i haven't got a chance to sideload anything yet um just because there's been a lot on the shop that looked okay, and I was going to check some of those things out, so I, I downloaded a few things. But I, it's yeah, you know, it's only got the like you know the old Wi-Fi, so it's not super fast when it comes to downloading stuff. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I have to I have to really dig through itch.io and see what else is out there. But a lot of the stuff that's on there is also on their shop, so it's like uh. well, you know. And I can't imagine I those games are very big. I mean, no, yeah. there's only four gigabytes of storage, non-expandable, hmm. and the games themselves, like the biggest game I've downloaded so far, has been like 92 megs. So wow. it's pretty small. I mean, it's all black and white. So um, black and white. 
it does the audio is like it's not just like chiptune stuff but you can do like mp3s and things obviously it's not very powerful to um do all that stuff and they could get pretty large so they have you know different techniques and stuff with it but it it's uh you know the the screen can refresh up to like uh 50 fps it's pretty fast like it gets pretty fancy with some of those things especially like just the interface and everything's very um cool with it too just the way they do everything in the games so all right i yeah. i've been super curious about playdate i kind of want to um check it out at some point so i'm gonna come borrow yours for a little bit <laughs> okay <laughs> i'm curious about it and uh because i am looking in our chat room live uh there was a comment about i think uh, zen monkey had said something about how long does the system last after you crank it up and uh important to know that the crank is not for power <laughs> no it's <laughs> not that would, be, that would be kind of funny if it did um, um it's well, like the those, thing is, those treadmills that only play TV when you walk on it. I mean, I don't know. It charges very fast. But the thing yeah. is, too, like the screen always stays on because it's like one of those e-reader screens. So as, as long as it's not updating, it doesn't use any power. Mm. It's just on or off. And it's the the updating is what takes power. So unlike your typical like a phone or something like that where it leaves the screen on all the time. Um, they'll drain the battery. This does not. In fact, it just has like um, you can put a a clock on it, and it'll just stay like that. And you know, it, it just draws very little power. I think I my kids are playing around with it um, uh, yesterday, and I think even them just using it is like maybe ten percent after an hour. Like I think it's got a pretty decent battery life in it. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to go back and check in because I think we do have them just without the VTube. Hello, Dark Soccer or Jamie Summers. I just haven't turned it back on yet. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> I, th- I thought maybe that was part of uh, what was going on with the system. But hello. Um, sorry, there's a tech difficulty tonight. Hi. But I think it's, it is for a good reason, right? Because you got upgrades to your computer, if I remember the text right? I just upgraded the operating system. Well, that's... That's still an, that's still an upgrade. I get excited whenever my phone gets a new uh, updating system because the latest one brought us the the fact that the phones can mate. Uh, because when I was I met somebody um, uh, out at the club and uh, we just t- we touched our phone, we made our phones kiss. They went Mwah, and then they they share the contact data, and that's like the types of things they give us with new updates. I like it. Well, in this case, when you have certain applications that. Uh, their creators do not update mm. them in conjunction with operating system updates. Mm. Dating immediately is not a good thing. That is or if you're in the middle of working on a graphic project or mm-hmm. a video project, you don't upgrade in the middle of it. That is true. I can think of several games that like the creators have just kind of abandoned them for whatever reason. Or I remember, I mean, this is several years old at this point, but I do remember like when the 64 bit stuff became, I think it was mandatory or whatever. We lost things like Flappy Bird, RIP, rest in pepperoni, but like Flappy Bird doesn't run oh. anymore. And yeah, you know, other, other abandoned games, basically. Um, maybe on a more positive oh, note. I wasn't talking about games. I was talking about like my OBS well, yeah, but or yeah. my Logic Pro products yeah. or my Final Cut projects. Um, I had to already uninstall a couple of plugins for my Logic because they're not compatible anymore. Yeah. Well, so well, anyway, what... I wasn't thinking about yeah. Well, I mean, it is a game show, but that's all right. Uh, <laughs> uh, what, uh, what I really wanted to say at the top of the show was number one, happy Hanukkah, because I know we're in the midst of it. Fourth night. Mm-hmm. So we are 
smack dab in the middle. Mm-hmm. And uh, number two, I was kind of giggling because you and I, out of the blue, apparently updated our YouTube channels today with new YouTubes about 15 minutes apart. Because <laughs> I noticed on Blue Sky, I uploaded a video from something I'm going to talk about a little later during my game of the week. And then you uploaded a Dead by Daylight video, which um, I don't I, – I, it, it is a newer thing for you, right? Because I noticed it was like edited, like you you didn't like have an entire DVD match. You kind of like were cutting and pasting the um, the highlights, I guess, T- taking out the 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 boring. Well, running up there the like that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I sp- I sped up a few things, and I I did my first instant replay. There's a there was a scene, and it went like it was like a half a second. You would have missed it, mm. but I remembered seeing it when I was playing the game because there had been, I opened the locker and was just about to reach for the other one when the Yui got out of it. Mm. And you see her for like a split second. I remembered seeing her. So I actually had to go back, freeze frame, put a cricket sound effect. That's (laughs) why when you watch a video I make, watch it all the way through, please. And then like, comment, subscribe. subscribe. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I, I guess it's it's very etc. etc. It's very clear both Dark Sakura and I are gonna ride the coattails of Loki OLR's YouTube success. <laughs> I'm teasing, I'm teasing. But you you know, Loki, you've 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 had some good success on YouTube with some of the stuff you've been doing for Minecraft. So Brian. Yeah, I know. I will point out that I have had my YouTube channel since about a year before Big Thunder uh Big Thunder uh, uh, barbecue. Mm-hmm. I think we had you cut out again. You said something about Big Thunder barbecue. I I had my YouTube channel uh-huh. about a year and a half prior to that. Ah, go because one of your early videos is that right? One of my early videos is Julian when he was three. <laughs> I just didn't use it much, but I've had it for yeah. a while. I have, I have like random gaming things on my channel, but now I'm like, oh, I should actually use this nice setup I have to record like, you know, 2K things off my PC and 4K things on my PlayStation. It's kind of fun sometimes. All right. Well, anyway, let's get into the news because there was quite a bit of it this week. As Jason talked about in the intro, this is that kind of time of year where uh, we get another bump in announcements. And a large part of that is thanks to the Game Awards. Now, you know, I, I usually we kind of recap everything that we saw at the Game Awards. We'll get into some of the highlights as we get into the news. I don't think we need to go through the laundry list of all the announcements because kind of what I wanted to focus on here at the top of the show was, well, A, let me just kind of get like people's overall thoughts, like for those that were able to watch it. Um, and I think everyone here, I at least saw in the chat for part of the, um, I, I did a show with Bobby Blackwolf on Thursday. We we did a co-stream. And by the way, programming note, Bobby Blackwolf was not live tonight here at Vogue Network. He usually is at eight o'clock Eastern, five o'clock Pacific. Everything is 100% A-OK with Bobby. He just had a personal conflict, so he wasn't able to do the show tonight, but he'll be back next week. Um, so, um, but what I, I, uh, really wanted to get into was the game awards. We were streaming that and I saw dark soccer in chat for a bit and I saw Loki in chat for a bit. So I know everybody at least saw a piece of it. Um, so I'm kind of curious, like mm-hmm. overall, what folks thoughts were on the game awards. Cause there's been some very strong reaction on social media. That's kind of surprised me a little bit, but I'll, I'll wait and get into that in a minute. Um, dark soccer, do you have any thoughts? And into the channel to lurk, I literally went into lurk and left. Oh, 
um, because I've had a lot of IRL stuff going on. Sure. I actually didn't watch, and I honestly, award shows don't interest me, Mm -hmm. even if it's video game stuff, because it's all arbitrary. The people don't really get too much of a say in it, you know? Yeah. So if I wanted to watch critics talk about video games, I would just listen to us. <laughs> because we're better. Fair enough. We're more interesting. Um, Loki, what about you? How much of it were you able to catch? Did you like it? Uh, most of it, <clears throat> I think. So, um, I mean, it was good announcement trailer-wise. Um, I don't think it really got... didn't really highlight developers too much. It seemed very rushed. I mean, a lot of it was very, very, very rushed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, that's kind of the nature of the beast because they got to pay for it, right? And you know, they don't have time for all that stuff. Um, but yeah, it was very rushed. But yeah, it's, some exciting announcement trailers and stuff like that were pretty cool to see. Yeah. Um, I know things that aren't coming up later in the show, like the Exodus um, trailer. I really like that one because that was the one that Matthew McConaughey introduced. But if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken, he wasn't in the trailer. But when I watched the trailer, I was like, I'm I'm literally watching like Mass Effect with different aliens. Like this is this is a game by somebody who liked Mass Effect, uh, who wanted to make their own Mass Effect game. Like I was like, but I was into it because you know you know what's funny? I really like Mass Effect, so I was I think into that it. This is the. <laughs> Are you saying that this is like Fifty Shades of Grey to Twilight? No, no, because no, because it, it's like Mass it, Effect no, Interstellar it's actually good? edition. It didn't. It didn't look like awful fanfic. Um, it 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 looked more like, uh, yeah, like Interstellar. Like actually, you know, say what you will about Matthew McConaughey. Like Interstellar, like was an incredible movie. So like, yeah, like if it's that side of Matthew McConaughey, all right, all right, all right. I say to uh, this this game because that that game looked really good. But anyway, like you know, I don't want I don't want to focus too much on one trailer. That's just one that like caught my eye. Um, but overall, yeah, it was a lot of trailers and things like that. Um, but that's what the game awards have always been. And I I've been really shocked at some of the response on social media about people that are like, oh, this is this game awards are terrible. It's nothing but a commercial. It's all these ads and trailers, and they they give more time to the trailers and always rush through the awards. It's like, why are you all acting brand new? This is like the tenth year that they have had these awards, and it's been the same thing every year. And if you weren't aware. Because, you know, I, I don't know if you noticed, but renting out the Peacock Theater is expensive. Paying all those people to put on a broadcast behind the scenes is expensive. All the lights, the orchestra, all that stuff is expensive. And so, yeah, they bring in ads and they do a lot of trailers to pay for all of that. So, no, the focus isn't on the awards. They haven't been. But here's here's what blows my mind because people are like, well, we need the game awards to be nothing but awards. We want to see people give these full speeches, which I don't disagree with. And I I, I do want to say, it's not that I'm not here to, you know, make out with Jeff Keighley and say his show is perfect. It's not, there are things I would improve. And yeah, the optics of wrap it up after 30 seconds of a speech, like it was, it was not good. Right. When they, when Baldur's Gate three won game of the year and they were dedicating it to somebody on the team who had passed and somebody in the audience shot how the wrap it up light was flashing. That was the optics on that pretty shitty, but to be fair to Jeff, he did acknowledge the day after that shouldn't have happened. We'll work on that. So it wraps up next year. I mean, honestly, with love and respect blame christopher judge for that and i say blame but i don't like 
that created a viral moment. Like, just let people ramble. Like, yeah, I know you're going to have to pay overtime or whatever, but maybe maybe plan for that a little bit. I don't know. But anyway, the point I really wanted to get to was about the awards. And people are like, they should just give awards. It should be nothing but that. Da, 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 da. Hello, that they, they do that at other shows. And when have you ever tweeted, skeeted, bleated, peated about any of those things? Because did you know that there are DICE Awards, GDC Awards, Japan Game Awards? Those don't get the same type of social media traction. 99% of the people, I guarantee it, 99% of the people complaining, saying the Game Awards needs to be nothing but an award show, have never posted about one of the actual award shows that are going on. Including, you know what, even the day before, the Day of the Devs. So I'm just saying, know what you're getting into with this. Yeah, the awards are a little bit of an afterthought to what's going on with the trailers and the announcements and the fact that this is a little bit of a winter E3. But the reality is you would not be talking about it if it didn't have that stuff. But could they tighten it up a little bit? Sure. I, I, you know, I thought the OD stuff that Hodeo Kojima debuted, even though did they, they must have changed the name of that because I thought that leaked as a game called Overdose. Do you remember that, Loki? When that leaked, well, there was a game called Overdose that leaked about a, a year ago. OD right? usually yeah. means to overdose, so well, no, I know, it's but that's essentially the I same guess. title. But the, no, but yeah, I guess, but they've been calling it that, which is interesting. And then, yeah, I don't know, but uh, that did go on a little long. Now, the news that Jordan Peele is collaborating with that, I I think, is kind of a big deal. Um, but it also shows that one of Jeff's weak spots, I think, right now, and overall, I do think he ha- does a good job with the cards that are dealt. I do think there's maybe some things he could stand to cut back or cut out and, you know, allow the speakers a little more time or whatever. But, um, you know, there, one of the things I think he is not great about is that he gives a little too much to the film industry. And I I do understand, again, Jordan Peele, big fucking deal in the game industry. The fact he's working with Hideo Kojima, big deal. Did we need to hear the whole bit about, I grew up on your games and the the love affair and all that? Maybe, maybe not so much, but you know what? Okay. But I think then where people really start to get lost is like Timothy Chalmay giving away the Game of the Year award. Why? Why? Timothy Chalmay. Yeah, even even Midna or one of the, some cat has something to say about that. Midna, <laughs> she hops up on me and no, then gets it. testy when I pet her. But why is Timothy Chalamet giving away a Game of the Year award? He's not. He didn't even have a game out there to promote. And I was like, what the fuck? Does He's he- a YouTuber. Yeah, Rob. Okay. Yeah, it took me a minute to get that because they introduced him as a YouTuber. The Xbox three said, oh yeah, that was a joke like three years ago. Like no, no. Like, he did not need to give out the Game of the Year award. I'm sorry, and this is no diss on him. It's just stop seeking validation from an industry that you don't need validation from. In fact, if you look at the latest trends in Hollywood, it's kind of the other way around right now. So Mm -hmm. stop seeking validation from the film industry. You don't need it. So... I, where I think it ought to be going is that the Game of the Year award, if you if you do look at the Oscars, who tends to present the Oscar for Best Picture? They get a legend out there, right? They they get a uh, Cher. They get a Meryl Streep, a Julia Roberts, uh, Liza Minnelli. That was the one that her and Gaga came out one year to do Best Picture, right? Or some award. But they, they get a fucking legend out there on stage to give out the award. Why don't you do the same for gaming? 
Get Ken and Roberta Williams to give the award. Get a Sid Meier. Get a Will Wright. Get get somebody who's like a legend in games to give out that award. That especially because you kind of stopped that award for the Hall of Fame. That I forget what they call it, but they used to actually Roberta and Ken Williams won it the very first year. It was like a Vanguard or something. They they did for a few years. They got rid of it around like 2018 or so. So yeah. And Tiger Claw says regarding Timothy Chalmay, he used to be a modder for the Xbox 360 controller. Not, I, I mean, I, I get it. I'm saying not fucking good enough. And that that meme is years old at this mm-hmm. point. Like, if here's if you have to explain the joke, the joke didn't work, and it's as simple as that. So, um, I, I, I just think that was a poor decision on Jeff's part, and I would like to see maybe more gaming legends and people within the industry um, actually giving out some of the awards. And they, you know, they were having people introduce segments. They, they, they tried to mix up a little bit, but I just, you don't, you don't need to have Hollywood. You don't need their validation. I have that about the games. So anyway, um, SSG 100 Matt in chat says, I think the optics of Jeff having Kojima have five to 10 minutes for his projects, yet they rush through everything else doesn't look good. But one perspective, if you want the show to have, say, fewer trailers for War Room for Speeches, they need those massive moments like Jordan Peele and Kojima. Moments help sell the show to outside advertisers. You get a big advertiser, the show will get that additional revenue stream that you don't need to have 100 trailers to pay the show. Yeah, I mean, I think that they could have tightened it up a little bit, but I, I, I do not understand some of the outrage on social media about a show that essentially has not changed its formula in several years now. And people are acting shocked. So I don't know what to tell you. Um, let's see. Uh, Questbusters pointing out that Chalmay has a movie coming out. Yeah. Weird flex for the VGAs, but I wouldn't be surprised if it had something to do with it on some level too. Yeah, I, but they didn't promote the movie. No, so, didn't. and if there's a tie in game, I bet it's garbage. So yeah. Simu Lu is at the show as well. And he voiced a character in a video game too. Well, that's, at least he's there to promote a game. Like in Matthew McConaughey, there to promote a game. Jordan Peele, there to promote a game. Even the guy from Twisted Metal, I'm sorry, I forgot his name, but he he at least, he took a little bit of a long time, but at least I was like, oh, he was there because he was announcing that it was getting a second season on Peacock. At least, thank you, Anthony Mackie. At least he was announcing that it was getting a second season on Peacock, right? So at least there was a point. I, I didn't get the point with Timothy, Timothy Chalamet. So that's all. Anyway, uh, DJ Rama S says, part of the issue is that there's always new people watching and a lot of the complaints are coming from the newer eyes on this. Yeah, there is that. Um, And, you know, again, some of the other optics are not great because like accessibility and gaming, um, that award was given out during the pre-show and it was like, you know, it's kind of, you know, rapid fire, essentially uh, type of award. And I think there are people out there that would like to see those types of things uplifted. However, those comments come off a little bit of slacktivism. Sorry, I I know people hate that word, but that's what it is. If you are not also out there uplifting those moments when they happen. So were you talking about the indie showcase that happened the day before? Were you happy? Have you been talking about other types of accessibility? If so, great. But there's a lot of people out there that only want to talk the talk when it's convenient. And I'm just saying it's not a good look. So... But I, at the end of the day, yeah, of course I would like to see more time for the, you know, things like best RPG and all these things being rapid fire. It's not great, but what are the alternatives? 
you're not watching the shows that are nothing but awards. But I, I, and I haven't seen, I haven't seen the ratings for the game awards yet, but I imagine it was a fucking lot of people, especially when you consider just how many platforms that show is on. Like when you were looking at like, uh, streams in China streams in like all these other countries, like it, I, that thing was going out on like a hundred different platforms at once wild. So I'm sure it had more viewers than most, probably the Oscars. It probably had more viewers than the Oscars, quite frankly. So anyway. Oh yeah. Tiger Claw does remind me of a funny moment. Christopher Judge poked fun at that by taking a stab at Call of Duty. When he said something along the lines about his speech being longer than Call of Duty's <laughs> campaign. That was funny. I love a good read. So that was, that was funny. But like, yeah, if you're going to get up and tell a joke, tell the joke, move on. I actually, actually yeah, just, Christopher it, Judge it, this year did great. <laughs> I think it's, it's funny in the sense that like, haha, yeah, Call of Duty's campaigns are short, but then also the developers for Call of Duty were like, dude, what the hell? Like, you know, that ain't cool. Poking fun at our game. We're not poking fun at your game. I, I don't know what to say. Like people are going to tease, like, uh, you know, take, take the feedback. Um, DJ Rama S says, didn't one of the presenters get banned from the theater for life? Yeah. The one that jumped up on stage in the middle of the game of the year award. He wasn't a presenter. He was a clown. So he got banned. Um, yeah. S 100 Matt says folks were also disappointed with Jeff about not acknowledging the layoffs. Yeah. I, 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 I think there was room to, to have a little bit of acknowledgement for that, you know, or something about maybe like dedicating a certain award or a certain segment to, you know, folks in the industry have been impacted. I think, I think a nice quick little thing would have been great because he did do it um, a couple of years ago when there was, you know, a lot of other stuff going on in this industry that needed to be talked about. Um, so it would have been nice to, you know, I, I, again, I think the way kind of Ben Starr put it in that viral clip that was going around Twitter about, you know, on one hand, yeah, we can celebrate, but on the other hand, it's hard to celebrate when dot, dot, dot. So I don't know. It would be, it would have been nice to uh, have an acknowledgement to that. Again, I, I don't think Jeff is perfect. And I think, yes, there are ways the awards can improve. And I've pointed out a few of them. I just think that there's a lot of people out there commenting on it who very clearly had no idea what they were about to watch. That's that. All right. Yeah. Dark to Studio says, sounds like the upgraded security worked this year. Oh yeah. You could see it in the background. You could see that they had, you know, uh, large men standing at the front of the stage and there was little, like a little, little barrier at the front. And so they only let two people through at a time, except for, I think the game of the year, they let a few more and so forth. Like it was, it was very hard to miss the extra security, but like good. Cause we didn't get a clown moment this year. And that's, that's the last thing we needed on top of everything else was another clownery to, um, steal everything. Well, there is still the heck, heckling or something in the crowd when Anthony Mackie was on stage. And granted, he did a terrible job and was just talking to them, which. Yeah, they need to discourage. Up. I agree. Don't don't talk to hecklers, especially when we can't hear them on the stream. Right. So yeah. it's it's why sometimes I'm like, if we're going to respond to a chat comment, we have to read it because the podcast, it's the same thing. If the, you could you only have the information that you can hear or whatever to work with. So. Um, yeah, that, that was kind of a rookie mistake on his part, but, um, if he doesn't present awards every day, you know, uh, SJ 100 Matt says easiest solution would be to extend the pre-show to sneak more awards in, but they're kind of damned either way. I maybe would look to doing something like the Oscars where maybe the night before 
they do, or I think the Oscars actually do it uh, the month before or something like that. They do like the technical awards evening. And, but stream that too, just maybe don't, you don't have to have the same amount of trailers or maybe you have some big indie announcements. Some of the things that like we got at day of the death, you know, have it, have a different kind of show and then do your big, big award show. It can be their daytime Emmys. Yeah, exactly. There's no reason not to, actually you make me think about summer game fest, move some awards to summer game fest, Mm. especially things like the esports. But I will creator of the year things that don't have to do with game design what were you saying jamie i i still think that it should be a a winter event because you are summing up the year Mm -hmm. and anything can happen you know in that six month period yeah so true um but you know that's i uh, maybe if they could separate the personality awards a little bit then that running Mm -hmm. on a different cycle than like the game development i think could be good. I I really think they should just take all the esports stuff and that and just put it in a different show. But then again, somebody out there is going to be quick to point out, oh Rob, but esports people watch for that. People are watching for the personalities. People are watching to see their favorite name win. And I suppose there could be some point to that. But I I would be very curious to survey a wide swath of game award watchers and see what it really is that they're tuning in for. And I bet esports personalities. Not nearly the register that um, game trailers are, but I guess we'll never know unless we ask them. Anyway, one other thing to ask about are gaming weeks, so the types of things that we have been playing this week as opposed to just watching game awards on television. So let's go to Dark Sakura and talk about your gaming week. How was your gaming week? I played some Dead by Daylight. Um, I, I've been playing a lot of Killer lately. What else did I do? I played Dreamlight Valley. Um, I've played uh, Rudra no Hiho. Um, I finished uh, Shion's first uh, uh, Shion's scenario, and I'm on Riza's scenario. And I'm actually really starting to see how the different stories are intertwined. It's it's pre- it's a pretty neat concept. Um, so um, I I played a little bit of World Cup Soccer Pinball, and uh, yeah. That's really that's really it. Did some you know, stuff for YouTube because I've been neglecting it, but mostly my time has been taken up by uh, preparing for ballet recital next Saturday, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, my my new rotation at work. So it's been taking a lot of attention. I understand. I've just had some days where I just haven't felt like sitting through a whole game. I understand. Work's been keeping me busy too. That's why I've barely done any streaming on my personal channel. I think it's almost been a month now, which is a bummer, but work comes first. So, all right. Um, Loki, I know we talked a little bit about the play date, but how mm-hmm. was your gaming week, play date or otherwise? Um, so, yeah, I did play a few games on uh, pl- the play date. So, uh, one, the two games that uh, come with it, uh, the first unlocks, I guess, of season one. Uh, so, there's one that's called <laughs> Casual Birder. And it is a bird photography game, which is kind of funny. That's cute. Um, so that one was uh, kind of neat. There's like a little like RPG that goes along with it. Uh, this one actually is kind of fun. It's Whitewater Wipeout. And it's essentially surfing from California games. Except you use a crank to steer. So 
I mean, I immediately knew how to play that game, so that was awesome. Um, what else? Oh, I did get a game called uh, Gun Trails, and it is a bullet hell game. It is hard for me to play that. <laughs> the screen is so tiny. It is, you know, vertical scrolling game, but, you know, the screen's not a vertical screen. And it's, you know, obviously not backlit, and I'm old, so um, I didn't do as well. My son liked it, though, so that was... It's a very pretty-looking game, um, so I'm going to check that out. Um, I also got another one called P Racing, which is basically kind of like a... um, Along the lines of... Oh, God, what was it? Of uh, Pole Position, like that type of game. But... um, it's pretty cool. It's like a pseudo 3D uh, racer. So I'm looking forward to checking out more stuff in there as well. Um, outside of the play date, I did play Lethal Company, which is a brand new indie game kind of along the lines of like Phasmophobia. Uh, the premise is basically that you are part of this company that have to go raid these very dangerous planets uh, for scrap and bring them back to this... <laughs> It might as well be just like one of the old ones, a like Cthulhu type uh, monster type thing. Um, but it's it's certainly geared towards like streamers and stuff. And the fact that like there's just all sorts of dangerous things. You can't see anything um, very well. And um, the voice chat that's in there, it's all muffled like you're talking through your um, your suit and stuff. So that was a lot of fun to play that. And I'll probably have to go back and play that some more. Um and then, of course, you know, Minecraft stuff. I've been doing that. Uh, so on the play date, why did I get a play date? I got the itch again. <laughs> you know that itch. Oh. oh. The itch to try to, to make something. So okay. uh, I had, like, an idea for, like, something stupid. But then I'm actually not thinking of doing that anymore. I may do something a little bit more straightforward. Uh, I had to see, though. It's a lot more complicated than I thought. They have... Uh, various ways to code games for it. So they have like kind of a drag and drop editor type of thing that you can make some basic stuff with uh, called Pulp. And then you can actually code stuff in Lua. And then if you really want to get more like performant, then you can do C. So I have to look and see how complicated a lot of stuff is. But like one of the ideas I was looking at it the other day, because one of the things I first wanted to find for it is like, hey, is there a mini golf game for this? Because like that would be pretty cool. There was not a mini golf game for it. So like that could be something that we find to play around with. So I'm just going to look at it. I don't not committing to anything yet, but it might be something, you know. Um, but yeah, I just have I had dumb ideas for that as well. So we'll see. I don't know. All right. I'm curious to see what you come up with. I think that would be fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll see. All right. I'm excited to hear you getting the itch again. It's great. Um, okay, my gaming week. So this is interesting. Um, I've become a Fortnite gamer. Uh, and I didn't think I'd ever say those words on the show. Look, I've tried Fortnite before, but I just I, I I'm just not good at Battle Royale and I I, I hate that it's I, I don't have like a tutorial I can just play by myself to learn how to play. Unless maybe that's in there now and I just haven't found it. I but think like, they might have that actually. Yeah, I maybe they do and I just haven't found that. But I'm just yeah, eh. Um so I don't really care for the Battle Royale game itself, but here's the thing. Now Fortnite has all these extra things in it. As of this week, they started launching other things within Fortnite. So now we have, you, you might remember some time ago, Epic bought uh, Harmonix, right? The makers of many different music games. And this week they launched Fortnite Festival. 
and it's literally just rock band, but purple in Fortnite. Now, there's criticisms to be had about uh, how much they're charging for songs. They have like a free rotation and you can buy a battle pass if you want to get some that way or what. But like, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not spending money on that. There, there's plenty in the free rotation that rotate in and out every day that I, I can get my fill. And that's, that's what it is. You play it like twice and then it's like, okay, I've had my fill. I'm not going to do like a marathon session, but like, it has been kind of neat to just join like a random squad and somebody takes lead, somebody does vocals and so forth. And there it is. You just get right in the song. Mike Def says, Oh really? Songs are locked in the battle pass Meh. Yeah. It does. It does like a daily rotation. Like a lot I of, mean, like a lot of games like that. It does I, daily I get rotation. it. It's yeah. a, it, you have licensed music in a free to play game. You yeah. have to charge for it. I mean, it makes sense. It's, Granted, yes, they're going to try to make a lot of money off of this as well, but like, it's not unreasonable to think that they would charge money for it. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. But that doesn't mean I have to spend money either. I'm not that exactly. It yet. doesn't mean you have to spend money. Yeah, we'll see. Um, so, but I've I've been enjoying that in little short bursts at a time. But then also they also launched the Lego Fortnite, which and I want to point out because people have been asking me about this, saying, "Do you have to play Fortnite to get into?" No, it is. It is separate. And and when you I, I think a better way to think about Fortnite now is that Fortnite is like a portal and Battle Royale or Battle Royale Zero Build, that is the game that all of you are calling Fortnite. Fortnite is now a portal to all these other things as well. A Fortnite is almost like a, imagine, a virtual platform. Yeah. It's at this point it, it's like a PlayStation 5, but online. Yeah, just imagine like, for example, imagine that Fortnite is Roblox, but Roblox actually making their own games as well on top mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. And it's also not Roblox because, you know, Roblox is kind of meh. But um, but it, it it is like that. They're developing their own games for this now platform that they're making. They have like indie developers as well on there making other things. It's a platform that, where they can do that. Um, So that's kind of what they're doing here is they're like kind of showcasing... And also, you know, monetizing. Um, hey, look, we have a racing game. We have a music game. We have a survival building game. We have, you know, Battle Royale. Look well, at all these things you it, can do. It's working. There were more people playing Lego Fortnite than anything else. And by a wide margin, like even if you combined Zero Build and regular Battle Royale, I think there were about a million people. There were two million playing Lego uh, Fortnite. And so Lego Fortnite has nothing to do with Shooty Bang Bang. Lego Fortnite is, it's Minecraft. Like, remember when we were saying like, oh, Lego should make a Minecraft type game. And then they did, and it wasn't very good. Well, they're doing it again, no. but now it's Fortnite. <laughs> and and in, and it's a little more what you would have thought, where like, you know, you're, you're beating up. Uh, you know rocks to get wood rocks and then you go and you build it's it really is a lot like minecraft i mean loki you probably could give a better analysis on this but the one part that's different is that when you go to build something big you actually do like a virtual snapping of different blocks together to build it which i did think was cute i thought that was a cute little you know thing to kind of like otherwise it's like what the fuck does this have to do with lego and then when you did that i was like oh okay that's super cute i like that so um yeah i didn't play very much because you know i was going back to the um uh festival to get high scores but i played through a little bit of the tutorial oh yeah i went too far away from the base and something like beat the shit out of me outside the base and i was like okay i wasn't supposed to be doing that yet so i have to kind of like start over i think so that's okay i'll and i'll do that at some point 
But uh, it's a very interesting start, and I think this is catching a lot of people's attention right now. Mm-hmm. Now, Loki, you had said last week, being in the Minecraft community, there's a lot of eyes on this, right? Like, yeah, there's pe- a lot of the pe- people that stream Minecraft stuff normally were all trying it out because yeah. it looked interesting. Mm-hmm. So uh, I haven't tried it out yet, but I mean, the gameplay videos looked interesting. Yeah. Um, it's certainly not as... It's it's not as in-depth as Minecraft in the sense that you can't, like, build absolutely anything. It's kind of just, like, you know, they ha- it's like Fortnite building in the sense. Like, you can build walls and stuff like that. Maybe you can change what those walls look like, but it's it's very limited in the sense. You're not going brick by brick and doing all that stuff. Um, which is fine, because sometimes that may be overwhelming for a lot of people. They just want to build, I want to build a castle-looking thing, you know, and... Yeah, I don't want to think about like all which blocks I should use and what makes it look good and stuff. I just want to do that. Yeah. And so um and that's fine cuz there's lots of other games, you know, like Rust or um gosh, there's like other survival games like that. Um I think maybe The Forest as well where you don't necessarily have like the individual brick by brick building. It's just building walls and stuff. So it's it's more accessible that way, I think. Yeah. Plus, people like seeing their Fortnite skins as Lego characters, and that's also fun. Oh, uh, but not Ariana Grande. Only only some of them are Lego characters. Mm. I think some of the big licenses are not Lego characters. But I will admit, I loved having in um, Fortnite um, Festival the fact that Ariana Grande could be in my band and actually like play guitar to Lady Gaga is really funny. So um, that part, uh, that part, I enjoyed. Um, yeah. Uh, Dr. Tsuya in chat says, I would be curious about the racing mode. Yeah, that's another, it's a, I, that's on my radar to check out. I just didn't get around to it yet, but yeah, rocket. So the rocket league folks made rocket racing, which is now available in the Fortnite portal. So Fortnite definitely made a calculated effort before this holiday season to launch some attention grabbing original content that is not battle Royale. And, uh, seems to be working at least it did on me. So it'll be interesting. to, it reminds to... me a lot of like Grand Theft Auto Online, actually, because there's a lot of Grand Theft Auto Online stuff. Like you may remember they have there. There's like, OK, so Grand Theft Auto Online, you can do like the whole crime stuff. You can do, um, you know, uh, different missions and heists and stuff like that. But if you just really don't want to mess with any of that, you can just race. You can yeah. just race all you want. And there's like tons of tracks you can make and custom things. And then on top of that, like you don't want to race and you just want to do like obstacle courses or death matches or whatever with a couple people, you can do that as well. So they, they're kind of catering stuff like, hey, I don't like Battle Royale, but I like racing. And then now you're on their platform and you yeah. may play something else. That's, or, hey, I don't like either it. things. I like music. That's I'm going to play that. hundred percent. That, yeah. That's the strategy. That's it. You got to appeal to the people that like things other than shooters. and. They got me for now. Anyway, I don't know how long the festival, you know, will, will last, but it does kind of make me think there's going to be more. There's going to be more along these lines, whether it's by them themselves. But we, we know that Fortnite has opened its platform to other people creating original games and content. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens uh, long term with this. But this is a heck of a start. I will say that. Um, what else I want to say about the Fortnite stuff? Oh, I wanted to say a very interesting kind of observation too. If you look at Epic games and their history, like this is a weird full circle moment in a way for me and, you know, observing, because obviously, you know, being the old men, Loki and I are, and I, I, I only include Loki because we've, we've reminisced about this game on the show before um, is 
we used to play the shit out of a game called ZZT when we were like, how old? My ZZT universe. (laughs) Yeah. I, and ZZT, for those that don't remember this game, ZZT was a game that like, it was a, um, it was all done in ASCII art and it was an adventure game that you could go around and do the thing, but it had the ZZT OOP or object oriented programming language. And you could build your own ZZT maps uh, in, in the game. And I believe people started to go and build other types of things in ZZT, like shooters. I believe there was a shooter game that showed up in ZZT at some point. Yes, there, there yeah. was. Um, Very like rudimentary, they, you know, 90s BBS type graphics, but it was there. They had, uh, they, yeah, they used to have a thing for people that were interested in ZZT. They had these levels that people made that sh- they're basically like programming examples of like mm-hmm. how to implement some like really wild things. And one of those was like a first person maze type simulation yeah, thing. Yeah. I, I don't know if it was the first person shooter, but it was like a maze type thing. And like later on, like other games, you know, I thought, um, I, oh, sorry, I was thinking shooter, shooter more like centipede type of thing, um, that type of shooter game. I mean, you, there was shooting in ZZT. Yeah, I do. Uh, but yeah, I don't know if, about like actually like FPS, but uh, yeah, you could do some pretty wild stuff with that. And then, um, you know, it was also the other thing too, is like their uh, main game or whatever, the, the game that came with it is like kind of a tutorial on how to build stuff as mm-hmm. well. So they had like a, it was really exciting to be able to like just make your own things out of it. And it was really easy because it's just, you know, it's drawing you with characters. And then if you wanted to program stuff, cool. If you didn't want to program stuff, you could just throw down enemies and just do whatever. Yeah. Um, but like you can really get in depth with it and do some crazy stuff if you wanted to. So the funny thing is, is that for me, this almost feels like a full circle moment. If you, and you can, when you consider, you know, Tim Sweeney is the president of Epic CEO and he made ZZT, right? Like that, he, he made that game. So bring it back for, yeah, Need for, re- for all the reboot. talks that, you know, there's a lot of see, and I, I want to make this clear. I don't particularly care for tw- Tim Sweeney, a lot of the crap he says on social media and I wish he'd stop using it. But, um, you know, so I, I certainly don't agree with him on a lot of stuff. I'm not exactly going to, uh, put him up on too high of a pedestal or what have you. Um, but, uh, ZZT was a very important game, especially for me growing up. And it's very interesting to see this come full circle where now it's like, Oh, now Fortnite is that game that has a base game, but you can program your own game. in it. it's a lot harder, but you can program your own game in it. And now it's becoming more than just the game that it was originally. It's a very interesting, huh? Kind of moment in games for sure. So anyway, I'll be curious how many of you I noticed in chat uh, bonds 006 in chat says Rob and Loki making a good argument for me to play Lego Fortnite. I mean, I mean, it's we're not like you're not committing to like playing it forever. You just testing it out. It's free. Why not? I mean, I I need to go try it out. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't want to sound like a shill. Maybe maybe we need an influencer code. I don't know. I don't want to sound like a shill, but at the same time, it's free. What do you got to lose besides bandwidth? If that's a concern for you, like. That's it. Just don't give it money. There you go. And it's, you can check it out. So yeah, Fortnite's free. And so the festival's free. I mean, there, there will be plenty of opportunity for them to take your money, but if you never input your credit card number, they can't take your money. So something to think about anyway. All right. Uh, let's move on and get into some news of the week. I was trying to think if I had any um, programming announcements. 
Uh, I don't right now. I still need to work with you folks off air on uh, what the holidays are going to look like. But until we're there, let's just move on with the news and uh, we will get into it. So, uh, Loki, I mean, all this talk of the Game Awards and all this other stuff. I totally forgot there's another kind of big deal thing that happened this week, especially in your world. I know you want to talk about this, Loki. Let's talk about it. Uh, the Grand Theft Auto 6 trailer finally was released um, early even because it leaked out because, you know, that's how we roll nowadays is leaks, leaks, leaks. Uh, but yeah, it's um, definitely been viewed by a lot of people setting records as one of the most uh, viewed videos, I think, in um, 24 hours. Yeah, they had uh, quite a few. It beat out Mr. Beast at 59.4 million. And I don't remember what the total amount was. I think it was like a hundred million people viewed that. It was a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, hundred million views in twenty four hours. So it was incredible. Um, well, especially when I think, especially when you consider that they had to release it early because of the leak, they still yep. were able to shatter you know all these records. So exactly. And uh, what I think of it, it looks incredible. It is. Unfortunately, going to be a long wait until 2025 for when it comes out. But I mean, it is it is going to be groundbreaking as far as visuals go. And I mean, just even the animations, everything are just it's ridiculous to see how far they pushed it. Uh, a little disappointed that it's only a console. Thankfully, I do have a console that can play it. So like <laughs> there, that is a good thing, at least. Um, but well, yeah, it's I'm important ca- to say it's only on PC. console for now because they I fucking know, I wish know they would stop doing that. people are going to double dip so they can mod it when it's on PC. They of know course, that's what's going to happen. Wait. Yeah. But uh, it is going to be the first Grand Theft Auto with a female protagonist, which is interesting. Um, so we know of two protagonists right now in that kind of almost like a Bonnie and Clyde type thing. Uh, that's, so that's it's funny. Be that's funny. The leak a few months ago said the same thing. <laughs> Well, I mean, it was gameplay, so yeah, I would imagine that it's it's accurate. I want to know what this Instagram or TikTok parody stuff is, because they have this full-on, like, Instagram parody stuff, and I'm like, dang, this looks really funny. And, like, the guy in the thong watering his lawn and, like, just all And all of that is based off of real videos, too. Well, Like, they're all, like, inspired by them. Okay, because if Grand Theft Auto is based – excuse me, if Vice City – is based off of Miami, then you have to have Florida residents featured in the game. Sorry, Tiger Claw. Sorry, Tiger Claw and all our other people that live in Florida, but you know it's true. You know it's true. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and then, of course, you know, along with that, of course, 100 million people seeing it. um, You know, it also boosted Love is a Long Road by Tom Petty Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, people's listen to the trailer songs all the time and it says it's basically increased um the spotify streams by thirty-seven thousand percent compared holy to the last holy. week so that's that's a lot he'll get he'll get two more nickels for this month <laughs> um what else um uh, yeah so basically we talked about how it's confirmed for just uh playstation 5 and xbox uh x and s i would not be surprised if it's just x only because I I I don't think it can run on S, but it I probably that, it probably is just a lower resolution. It probably only runs at 720 on S. But we'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll see. we'll see. I would not be surprised though. I would not be surprised if we get to that point and Microsoft goes, listen, not everything is going to be compatible on both systems. But we'll see. I don't know. Maybe I could be wrong. Uh, but yeah, it is going to be a uh, 
a long wait, but I am very excited to see what they do with it. It looks incredible. Hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, like, you know, I don't super get into Grand Theft Auto games the same way everybody else does, but you you can't look at that and go, wow, the graphics in this are, the graphics in this are fucking stunning. Like, and just like the amount of, yeah. like, pedestrians and stuff, like, mm-hmm. they were showing, I mean, it's not, a, like, an even example, but they were showing, like, you know, uh, Spider-Man 2, which just came out, and their beaches are completely empty. I mean, obviously, it's it doesn't i think that takes place in like around christmas time anyways her in the winter so why would people be on the beaches but um you know it's very just like it's not only the the variety of like the the player models the um the density of the of the different people on the beaches just everything going on like all of the animals just like crazy amounts of everything in there and it's only going to get better by the time we get to it like that's the thing so it it's gonna be very cool to see yeah all right well 2025 it's quite a wait but um oh, and, yeah. and that's it <laughs> if they make it in 2025 could get delayed right we'll see hopefully not i mean it, you know what it, it's it's fine take your time because like honestly that's that, right get it right it's gonna right. be great yeah all right. Well, this is going to come out a lot sooner than a, a Grand Theft Auto 6, I'm sure. Um, although I guess we don't necessarily have a guarantee on that, but uh, I think we'll see this soon. It is the next Gold Master Series game. So I've been talking about this a little bit because I really enjoyed Gold Master Series 1, which of course is uh, Digital Eclipse, I guess now Atari in a way. Uh, they're um, really thorough criterion edition type walkthroughs of gaming history and uh 001 was uh, the making of karateka which was a great you know again if you haven't checked it out yet um even if you don't care for karateka i just think the way it's set up as a museum i think it's really well done and really worth your time as an exhibit to look at and check out and we've been curious what game is two gonna be what game is two gonna be and as it turns out plot twist two is not going to be a game one game. Two is going to be an individual mm-hmm. and their company. So Goldmaster Series 2 is Llamasoft, the Jeff Minter story. Nice. And yeah, no, this is, you know, now that I saw it, I was like, oh, this is good. This is good, right? Maybe it didn't play into any of the hints I thought from the first one, but yeah. Um, there's, of course, going to be a Switch version. It'll be on all the consoles. Uh, and this is, you know, they say Jeff Minter, weird, wild, 42 games from eight different platforms, including the Sinclair ZX81, the Commodore VIC-20, the Commodore 64, where you can play things like Mama Llama, uh, Hellgate, Grid Runner was one of his big games, Attack of the Mutant Camels, Revenge of the Mutant Camels, and 1 and 2, <laughs> Sheep in Space. You know, these are all. You get Sinclair Spectrum games. You get Atari 8-bit games. Again, Grid Runner, uh, Attack of the Mutant Camels. This is the really cool thing. You get to play Conix Multisystem. That hardware never came out. It was canceled. But on the Conix Multisystem, you will get to play Attack of the Mutant Camels 89. So that's that's wow. rad right there. Uh, on the Atari ST, Llamatron 2112, Revenge of the Mutant Camels, Super Grid Runner. And then one double dip from Atari 50 because Jeff Minter was a huge part of tempest 2000 and why that game was you know as very as unique as it was so you will get that in this collection as well so it is a double dip but i'm totally okay with it what what recharge yes super zapper recharge (laughs) 
I love that game. I was playing that at Atari 50 the other day. I have yet to fire up Atari 50 with the extra games, but we'll get to that later. But anyway, um, and well, a little aside, a little aside. Yeah. Every time either Dan and I grab the cat, we go, got you. The other one of us goes, ah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, no, which which is a play on Tempest 2000 for those that don't know. Um, yeah, no, this is this is going to be a great um, uh, collection. I'm really excited about it. Um, they also do reimagined games. So you might remember that in the making of Karatika. First level music is stuck in my head now. <laughs> uh, you might remember in Kar- the making of Karatika, they had like a reimagined Karatika. And they did uh, one of his other older unpublished games as well. They're going to be doing Grid Runner remastered in Lama Soft, the Jeff Minter story. So that is pretty cool. Uh, I'm excited to check that out. I don't have a release date on this, though. So I don't know if it's in the next few weeks or the beginning of the year or what. So uh, also light synthesizers psychedelia and color space fully playable with all new console controls hmm. very cool shrooms not included yeah shrooms not included that is right all right um let's move mm-hmm. on uh dark sakura i when i saw this at the game awards i was like oh jamie's paying attention to this Oh, and see, I went looking up trailers for things I thought were interesting, but mm-hmm. mostly it was my friends going, Baldur's Gate 1! Right, which, okay. hello obvious, which right? I still have to restart that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, um, we knew about this coming out, but we didn't know too much about it. We still don't know too much about it. So, um, uh, Behavior Interactive, the makers of Dead by Daylight... And supermassive games uh, are are making a baby, a really uh, hideous, bloody, dappy baby. Um, What we had known before was that there was going to be a game set in the Dead by Daylight universe outside of the Entity's realm. But we didn't know that much about it. Um, So it was sort of like realm adjacent. Um, What we are getting is a game called The Casting of Frank Stone. And, I mean, oh, the guy, his full get-up in the trailer just gives me the vibes of what I call the Trapper's Moltar outfit. It's an old-school welding helmet, you know, Mm -hmm. very Moltar from Space Ghost, you know? Mm -hmm. And with chains around him and a leather apron and all of this, and apparently some crazy murderer. The website is pretty neat because you go through and you click on little clues on, uh, on the main page, and it, you know, walks you through just a little hint of the story. There's the trailer. And I swore one of the people I thought was Meg, but it's not Meg. No, no, there n- um, none of the characters from DVD but, are in this trailer. Yeah, I know, but it was Meg Hare. <laughs> um, maybe it's her mom. Anyway, um, the the trailer starts off with, um, and and I do think that that people should you know go spend a little time to watch it. Um, but it starts off sort of like a film strip with the film grain, and it seems almost like it's set maybe in the seventies or early eighties. Impression, Rob? Ah, uh, yeah, I could see that. It's hard to tell from the little blip that we saw, like, but I could see um, that. 
found a steel mill and uh, these uh, four individuals are walking into it. And yeah, I agree with SSJ 100, Matt. It gives me a, a grindhouse feel to it. But they go in and then they're caught up in whatever happens. I mean, like the the... I have a feeling that that if the vehicles didn't give me a proper clue as to the age of the game, that I think that maybe some are flashbacks that might have been set in the 70s or 80s. We have a modern group going into the abandoned shutdown uh, mill from what it looks like. Looking in, oh, it's Cedar, Cedar Steel Corp corporation now one thing that i think is interesting is in looking through some of these screenshots there is an industrial generator in one of the pictures that seems very reminiscent of dead by daylight hmm. yeah i noticed the hooker or something like that too in the trailer that they had i don't know if that matters i i'm sorry it's cutting out because i'm still having uh ram leaks Oh, I was going to say, I noticed that they also showed the hook from Dead by Daylight in the trailer as well. So, I mean, it's like, oh, hey, Tamsin, it, it relates. The meat hooks are definitely there. Um, now, I have theories because the last scene of the, uh, of the trailer were one of the last ones giant spider leg coming out of the sky and we know that the entity is made up of 120 percent spider legs <laughs> so i have a theory i have a theory about about the story hmm. you know see if i'm right yeah go for it please i believe the entity was dormant sort of dormant like a touch on the land there. Think of it like the Hellmouth from Buffy, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that this Frank guy heard some whispers, got easier and crazier, and that it influence that basically the entity took and went to, you know, go through time and space and dimension and grab victims. I mean, I think maybe it was doing something a little bit different before, but the modern iteration, I think, could have been this Frank guy's influence. Mm. Interesting. So. Just. Well, we'll see in 2024 when the game Or comes maybe out. it's what brought the entity to our world. Maybe. Hmm. All right. Well, I'm. See if I'm right. Yeah, I'm curious to check this game out. I have to admit, I, I like Until Dawn in the Quarry, although I never really play. I watch people play them. I haven't played them myself. So um, I'm, I'll be curious to check this one out. So uh, and see, see how much it. I'm, I will play the hell out of this. I'm wondering if they don't end up putting this killer because he just he looks like he could be the welder, a new killer in Dead by Daylight. So I, I wonder if they don't end up putting him in DVD anyway as like a crossover or if that would be a weird like like they're they're very intentionally trying to preserve the boundary between this game and Dead by Daylight. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. All right. Well, we. Oh. I would also think, yeah. Go ahead. Like a narrative game mm -hmm. that has to do with a survivor support group, like people who have found evidence about their loved ones over the last, I'd say maybe 
50 to 60 years mm-hmm. who have gone missing, you know, and this is kind of based off a, a, a fanfic that I read that I really like because like in the story, they had all the, the survivors coming in kind of in release order and Meg losing her shit when Jane Romero shows up, who was, you know, very famous when Meg was still, you know, who had quote died mm-hmm. when Meg was, you know, a younger, a younger girl or have, or, you know, Jeff recognizing the Legion kids because he went to school with them, you know, just, you know, starting to put it together. But I would think that for the people who were still going on with like actual chronological time, they have like a, like an investigation game, Hmm. you know? Hmm. Interesting. Well, we'll, again, we'll, we'll see when the game comes out, um, how, how everything relates together. Right. Um, let's move on and uh, get to our next story, which is quite the bummer, Loki. Yeah, so Nintendo has decided to cancel its um, major event in Japan. So Nintendo Live 2024 Tokyo has been postponed, or at least, uh, I don't think it's outright canceled, but they've postponed it to an unspecified date yet, because, of course, people being the beacons of responsibility that they are they decided to go ahead and uh file have death threats or threats against nintendo employees and spectators and so because of that they had to postpone the event because you know for everyone's safety um this of course was going to be the event that they were going to have splatoon and mario kart tournaments um and right now uh not really sure when that's going to happen now so We'll see. Some people's children. It's it's really unfortunate. It's ridiculous. I mean, yeah, I I don't blame them for doing it, but it's it sucks that you know they they have to take this abundance of caution mm-hmm. in the first place because people can't yeah you know, can't have nice things. That's it. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to talking about a little bit of good news, especially if you own the uh, Atari 50 collection, which I brought up a little bit earlier. But we mentioned on last week's show that the game was going to be getting a free holiday update, and that update did hit this week. So we actually know what free uh, additional games came to Atari 50, which include Adventure 2, which was a homebrew, uh, bowling, Double Dunk, Maze Craze, Miniature Golf, Moto Rodeo. Uh, those were all for the 2600. And then there was Aqua Venture and Save Mary. Those were also prototypes for the 2600. Super Football for the 2600. Circus Atari for the 2600. And Return to Haunted House, which is also a homebrew for the 2600. So there are some uh, original things, like the types of things you would have seen. Uh, I think some of the flashbacks. I know one of the flashback consoles had Adventure 2 for sure. Uh, also, even though pretty much all of them were 2600, there is a single Lynx game that they added. Warbirds was also added to the collection as well. So that's uh that's kind of fun. So I don't think I played that one. Yeah. Um but yeah if you uh that's have cool. yeah if you have the Atari 50 collection this is uh something you can pick up now which is pretty cool. I I did not get around to it this week but I'm looking forward to checking it out at some point and I I love that it's just free. We we love the low price of free. All right. Uh moving on Dark Sakura it doesn't (laughs) so this was what i was referring to and i was agreeing with rob about children is um first of all um 
Activision, uh, Epic, and other video game uh, developers, including Roblox, are being hit with a lawsuit because a nine-year-old became addicted to games like Fortnite, Call of Duty, and Grand Theft Auto. It was filed in Chicago Federal Court on December 6th, so a few days ago for us. Um, uh, said that video game addiction is, uh, I'll quote, an epidemic harming our uh, nation's youth. I need to send in things to Bloomberg because Bloomberg has a typo in their article. Anyway. <clears throat> Feedback loops and reward systems that ensure maximal playing time by young users. Um, they're they go into microtransactions. They go uh, uh, psychology behind it. Uh, you know, using uh, behavioral psychology. Uh, this this complaint is sounds like it's written like a like a tweet more a tweet longer. Let me I'm just going to read this. The schemes use psychological mechanisms, behavioral psychology and neuroscience to encourage repeated play and increase spending among users, especially among vulnerable populations like minors. They use those terms like they just don't know what they mean. I think a lot of these could be wrapped up. Anyway, that's um I don't like poorly worded things. Um, the uh, the nine-year-old in question who goes by DG, this is another quote, experienced severe emotional distress, diminished social interactions, loss of friends, poor hygiene, and withdrawal symptoms such as rage, anger, and physical outbursts. That he was playing uh, six to eight hours a day across multiple platforms. That other kids were having some of the same issues um you know the companies are are patenting more technology to to deceive and harm society's most vulnerable being minors while lining their own pockets um, yeah <laughs> um they're they're they also say that, that claims that say otherwise are not rooted in fact and ignore the reality that billions of people globally of all ages and backgrounds enjoy playing video games and do so in a healthy, balanced way. Uh, first of all, first of all, so I'm also going to say, and, and I'll link to uh, the, the brief if, if anyone wants to see, um, but it's a, uh, Angel Lily versus Activision uh, Blizzard Incorporated. Um, there, there's a. <laughs> um, there were other attorney. Uh, their attorneys also uh, filed. Well, their law firm, sorry, uh, Bullock Ward Mason LLC filed uh, other addiction suits in Arkansas against the same defendants uh, about a month or so ago. Mm -hmm. uh. Okay, I have I have thoughts. Number one, dear parent, that set their kid in front of the video game system and decided it was going to become their babysitter. Who was it that didn't set up boundaries to begin with? Question: Who is responsible for your child? And companies, it's you. Now. 
understand that one expects the companies to have some sort of some sort of uh you know warning or maybe something like that but i'm going to use an extreme analogy here so hear me out when there is a firearm in the house does anybody know what you're supposed to do with a firearm to to make it safe give it to the cat oh no (laughs) you give it to the the air you make sure the safety is on. You put it in a locker. Okay. If you leave this under your pillow with the safety off and someone comes in and puts their head on your pillow and it shoots them in the head. I'm just throwing that out. Who's at fault there? The okay. person at fault the is cat. the person that left the gun out with the safety off under a fucking pillow. All right. Extreme analogy, right? But I think it still goes in line. Yeah, the the video game companies, you know, a lot of them do have a warning that come up, have rating systems on them. I think they are now required to say if they involve transactions, right? I think so, yeah. So, So then they have done what they need to do. And of course, the point of their side of, of the industry is to make money. It's capitalism. Mm-hmm. It's to make an entertaining thing that people are going to want to play and keep playing, right? Mm-hmm. So whose responsibility is it that brings this device into the house Does not set safety protocols for it? Yeah, I'm surprised my parents didn't sue Nickelodeon under these same guidelines because I sat there for hours and hours and watched Nickelodeon growing up. But you know what? I turned out okay. And there was a point, all joking aside, where my parents did set boundaries with that stuff, as parents should do. This is a a frivolous lawsuit that just shows you everything that's wrong with the legal system in this country. The law office that's bringing this up should honestly have their legal license revoked. Like, it's that frivolous. Like, why are we allowing these fucking serial... For profit, uh, people that file these thing, these you know legal things to continue to flourish. It's bullshit, you know. Like laugh this out of court the way it ought to be, and you know make an example of this fucking legal team. And I, I, I whatever about the parent, they are being used. It is the lawyer's fault. the The family is being used by these legal folks. Let's let's be a hundred percent clear about that. That is what's happening. But I'm sure that the parent, the parent had to have sought legal action to begin with. So they're the the parent walked right into it. They denied their own personal responsibility and are letting themselves be taken advantage of because of it. Well, so and, they're and, both to blame. And they see dollar signs <clears throat> because I'm sure they've been sweet talked well, I mean, into how much the they thing. stand to make. Yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm not going to take any of that off of off of the parents. Mm-hmm. I am not going to deny them of the responsibility they have for getting themselves in that situation. No, sure. At the end of the day, they, they are tr- when you when you give away your morals to get into an immoral situation, yeah, you are responsible. So yeah, I do I do agree. They they're not absolved of any responsibility. I'm just saying it's the law office is ought to have ramifications here too, and, but they won't. And Well, and here's the other thing too. Almost the same thing that they're accusing the video game companies of. That's what the attorneys are doing to them. 
right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, they think that this is going to make them, you know, a tipper gore or something, you know, and and get them the big media attention and, you know, um, I have a lot of thoughts about this as well, simply because there's something that they're not also taking into account. Yeah, they say kids are vulnerable. Do you know why kids are vulnerable to stuff like this? Especially playing a game that is, uh, for all intents and purposes, under their age range. Call of Duty, Grand Theft Auto, nine years old? So... Here's the other factor about that. This child is not the target audience for these games. Mm-hmm. Okay. Second of all, um, and this has actually been shown, now it, it, this is just psychologically, chemically speaking, it lasts longer in, in typical males than it does in females and, uh, you know, assigned at birth who identify, who were physically assigned that at birth because that's part of chemistry. Is it the way that the mind is wired? When you are a child, it is wired for instant gratification. You know, if you're going to say, hey, do you want this ice cream or do you want to save the ice cream money and go get, you know, a, a Super Nintendo later? I just threw it out there. Like a nine-year-old kid is probably going to say, no, I want the ice cream, you know, or I want them both. Can I have them both? To be honest. And the turnover of that starts phasing out when you hit your teens. And for most uh, males, it lasts in, it the top of the age, age range is about 27. For females, it's about 24. Not too much of a difference off. But it has to deal with the way that the brain is wired. It, that's all it is. And if you have a child who is wired for instant gratification playing a game that is not meant for their age. Well, of course you're going to have a problem, you know, mm-hmm. it's the, uh, I could go into the psychology. I, I, this I, was part of something I've written a paper on. I, so. <laughs> I doubt anyone listening disagrees. I, it's just, it's just one of those things where you just shake your head and go, what a, what a wait, colossal waste of fucking time. And it's just, it's unfortunate. And I'm sorry, I'm tr- I really was trying to avoid being insensitive in bringing up biological mm-hmm. factors. Mm-hmm. So by all means, that was not my intention. I was trying to to speak about biological wiring. That was all. Yeah, I get it. It reminds me how ridiculous, like I would see these advertisements on Facebook where there was a law firm trying to sue Steam for price oh, I fixing. I still get all that crap, yeah. It's like... Are you kidding me? <laughs> Steam price fixing? Not Steam that says the prices. It, it, it's it's so they they're claiming because they take a percentage, so therefore the games are thirty percent more. I'm like, that's not how any of this works. It's like you know when you sell stuff in retail, there's a margin there too. Stupid, like like yeah, it's just the dumbest well, thing. And I mean, it's fun to read the comments on stuff on, on consignment. Exactly. Well, it's funny though, and you read the comments, and they're like, "What the hell are you talking about?" Like, if anything, they are pushing more, you know, competition, anyways. Because on PC, there's multiple platforms. Hell, even within Steam, you can get codes in multiple different places at different prices. Like, oh god, it's so stupid. Um, I get it's it. so dumb. I get it. 
All right. Um, let's. I never once gave humanity credit for having mass intelligence. The uh, it's a it's a handful that that I think. I'm gonna just stop there. It makes me sad. All right. Well, let's move on and uh, talk about what's apparently going on at Bungie, Loki. Yeah, so Bungie apparently hasn't been selling enough of those, whatever the equivalent of money is on the Destiny platform, because they are 45% below their uh, 2023 forecast. And as part of the deal when uh, Sony had acquired Bungie, they were going to remain an independent subsidiary, assuming they could hit those targets. And so now, being that they are falling well below those targets, there is the, I don't know, threat, the uh, possibility, a real possibility, that Sony is going to take them over, get rid of the board, and basically run the company as their own, instead of allowing them to maintain uh, independence. Uh, Along with that, though, uh, is more cost cutting and cost savings the company has been uh put themselves in a hiring freeze uh they have um cracked down on annual cost of living adjustments to salaries no holiday bonuses as well as layoffs and so this will only continue until i guess they get things under control and of course that isn't great for morale but you know um, per- perhaps I need more education on the subject from, you know, people that actually work there and so forth. However, there is a part of me that kind of goes, well, after Bungie laid off those folks, and again, it's never, you know, the hires up to hear that Sony is about to come in and lay off the board actually kind of sounds like sweet justice to me, uh, in a way. And I, I, I failed to sit here and uh, see how, well, that's, you know, I, but I, do yeah, I don't morale. know if that's. You know, and I wouldn't want to see, and I wouldn't want to see folks that are on the front lines be affected. Which in this I, type I would of think so. Might be. Like, so yeah, I want to be very clear. It's only this part where I'm like, oh, well, if they're going to come in and sack the board, yeah, they should. Maybe they should be sacked. I, actually. I would think that. Yeah, I would think the morale is not coming from the sacking of the board. I think it's more of the layoffs and the oh, sure. lack of of salary and payments and bonuses. I don't think they could give a damn about. Which the are board, all reasons so. why maybe the board ought to be sacked. Exactly, I would agree. So. Um, I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens here. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, you know, if it's under poor direction, then maybe that's the it, way they got to go. I'm Just like getting, I, I'm getting vibes of the Microsoft Activision merger. Like again, not yeah. a big fan of the big fish eating the other big fish, but like getting Bobby Kotek out. Which ooh, we're ooh, we're like we're only like twenty twenty one days away. Oh, so yeah, um, but like along with this, though, it's not even that anymore because they've already acquired them. This has already happened. It's just now they're going to be yeah. it, it, it would be the equivalent of like, I think, Bethesda or Arcane Studios mm-hmm. and Microsoft where like Redfall was not great. And so now I think Microsoft is going to be taking more of a more hand on approach with that studio and some of the stuff that they're doing versus kind of letting them do whatever by the way since you brought that up you know they they showed off that studio showed off the blade trailer which looked really ironic which i i'm not but what was what i thought was interesting about it they they mentioned oh it's from the creators of uh uh, death loop and you know that they did not even mention redfall they did not not. they wrote that one off boy i was like oh okay so 
But the Blade trailer looked good. Well, it's funny though. It's like it's like vampire vampire game with vampire game. I mean, yeah, I kind of thought that too. I was like, so are they just like reskinning Redfall? <laughs> no, I know they're not, but I was I thought it no, was. But, I also caught the similarities. No, but yes, there. yeah. <laughs> Who knows? All right. Well, we'll see what develops uh, on the Bungie front. This could be very interesting. So. Uh, meanwhile, going back to the game awards for a minute, um, I look y'all, y'all know at this point, if you've been listening to the show for a while, y'all know the types of games that I enjoy. And one game that I really enjoy is no man's sky. And we got to find out what is the next game that's coming from hello games, the creators of no man's sky. And it is a game called light, no fire. And look, I, I know sometimes y'all get sick of me saying I was right and I called this, but I seem to distinctly remember saying I would like to see Hello Games make a game that just focuses a little more narrowly, maybe on one planet as opposed to an entire galaxy. Because I, I remember distinctly relating it to the third expedition of No Man's Sky, which did that. It started on one planet and you had to do all these things on the planet. It was a lot less focused on what you did in outer space. And, you know, th- essentially, guess what? Light No Fire is kind of that. It takes place on one planet. Of course, we don't really know everything because we see dragons in the trailer, but we also see some more it's like modern- like a fantasy Earth, yeah, I guess. Yeah, space-looking things. So we really don't really know everything, but we definitely see some parallels to No Man's Sky as well. The um, logo that you see towards the end looks a lot like the Atlas uh, from No Man's Sky. So again, I, I don't know if these games are directly related, but- Fuck, this looks good. And I'm really now again, of course, everybody is going, well, remember when No Man's Sky came out? Da, 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 da. And I, I would I, say though that they have this many years experience exactly. now. Exactly. They're not gonna so it, uh, Yeah, I, I I think they're coming from a much different place now. And I would expect that you know, they 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 had a very important label at the beginning, and that said it was captured all in-game footage. And, and in was, multiplayer. And in multiplayer. So and they've been working on this for five years, I think they said. So I I do feel like they have kept it in their pants, so to speak, a little better this time than maybe they do with No Man's Sky. And a huge part of that is the fact that there's no Sony logo on this or Microsoft logo, to be fair, or any other company's logo on this. Hello Games is going to produce this on their own. Uh, and I think that's going to be a huge part of how they can avoid making the same mistake twice they didn't put a release date on it so they're not you know backed in anything yet so we'll see i i uh the graphics looked incredible so i i imagine it must be a, a playstation 5 xbox series game pc it has to be i don't know if it will be switch but if hello games maybe got their hands on a switch too Maybe they're looking at that instead. So, you know, it, it, it's still a long ways out. But yeah, as a No Man's Sky fan, um, this trailer was hot. <laughs> I was very happy to see it. it. was a hot trailer. I was very happy to see it. So I'm excited to uh, check it out. But uh, t- you know what, Sean Murray and everybody at Hello Games, take the time to get it right. It is all good. They did yeah. also, they also inserted a little footnote in there too at the Game Awards. They're not done updating No Man's Sky either. Um, and they showed just a brief little clip, and it looked like the base that the ship was flying out of was way different than anything we've seen in the game yet. <laughs> so there's there's still improvements they're making to No Man's Sky as well, and I think that's important to uh, point out. Questbuster in chat says, I just hope it will be fun. You know what? Video games ought to be fun, and I agree. You know, as much as I 
stand no man's sky at this point i agree if the game's not fun i don't want to play it but i'm i'm it, it sure looks pretty it looks fun for my brain and my audio visual senses like ooh, pretty and flying ooh. so uh questmaster says as a side note all no man's sky expeditions are running this month in case anyone missed any <gasps> i missed that announcement oh my gosh do you, do you have a link to more details is it on a schedule i i no, I'm serious. I fucking need to catch up on like every fucking expedition from this year. So yeah, I'm into that. Questbuster, drop the link. <laughs> I need to look up more. I uh, well, this is what I don't use the the bird app anymore, and I used to you know keep an eye on the No Man's Sky account, and now I miss them if they don't make their way over to Blue Sky. So it's all right. It is what it is. All right. Um, let's take a trip down memory lane. Let's take a trip down memory lane to a game that is super fun in our next segment. Let's get to the bump. And now it's time to travel back to a simpler time where I'll dive into the vault and pull out a classic and tell you about it. It's time for the classic game of the week. And Dark Sakura, what did you pick for the game this week? I picked a game that came out this month. And get, let me know if you're ready to start feeling like, huh? Really? The game I picked is Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, we haven't had one of these picks in a while where it's like, this game just turned 10 years old, so it qualifies. Yes. Um. It was developed by High Moon Studios, published by Activision um, for Windows, digital format only, PS3, Xbox 360. It came out June 2013. Anyway, um, it basically follows Deadpool, working with X-Men, working with Cable, and trying to uh, stop uh, a scheme of Mr. Sinister. Other stuff that happens. Um, and this is totally a Deadpool game. You know, fourth wall breakage, everything. You name it, it's there. Um, it uh, it got some mixed reviews. Um, you know, the humor was definitely up there, but the gameplay was eh, not so good. And I can vouch for that. Um, a lot of the games, though, that had the Marvel license um, by Activision was delisted and removed in 2014. And then it was brought back on 20, in 2016 just through Steam and the PlayStation Store as uh, download content only in the U.S. markets. It was re-released on November 18, 2015 for PS4 and Xbox One to coincide with the movie's release. And, uh, um, and then uh, it was removed again due to licensing in 2017. It is... Very hack and slash, third person, you know. Um, you fight enemies with melee weapons and guns. You do combos. You, you know, go through the story, get upgrade points, learn stuff. And uh, basically just shit talk everybody because you're Deadpool. Um, some of his weapons, apart from the guns and swords, are giant hammers, plasma guns, um, furniture. Um, so... We know he heals, um, but in game, the way this works is that you uh, have to prevent further damage in order to recover. You have stealth segments. You have to 
Excellent. Um, although, if you use gun stealth, uh, it tells everybody where you are because it's a fucking gun. A little bit of the plot of the game. Um, it's a pitch for the most awesome game ever starring himself, and the studio rejects it, the same studio that made the game. So he sets off explosives at the studios and forces them to cooperate. And then he hires Nolan North as his voice actor. Actor in many things. And so he goes out to assassinate uh, this media person. uh, Basically blows his budget all in the first mission. So uh, the rest of it, you know... uh, Basically fighting budget issues while going through the rest of the game and recruiting, you know, uh, X-Men, some of X-Force, going to Genosha, crashing a plane. Um, But anyway, um, I'm not going to go too much into it, but it's, it's, it's there for a story and very Deadpool. The, The story, the story I thought was pretty okay. It was announced in 2012 at San Diego Comic-Con with only a trailer, and people were like, yeah! And then uh, Marvel uh, let out the article about it right after, and it was written from Deadpool's point of view. And then uh, it went, it, it was like, I love how it was this total, like, augmented thing. For the record, no one special 77 who says, but are there chimichangas? In the comics, and I'm specifically referring to Cable and Deadpool, so a few years ago, um, that he does not like chimichangas, but likes the word chimichanga. That is canonical. People forget that. I don't forget that because I know comics. Anyway, um, the game was created um, in Unreal Engine 3. Um the budget was a hundred million, so it was one of the most expensive video games ever developed. Um, there was a censored version of the the trailer. Um, they had a actor dressed up as Deadpool showing up on the stage and everything. Um, I mean, it, there were some pretty clever marketing for this, um, and it, it was actually written by uh, Daniel Way, who. Basically, uh, had been a longtime Deadpool author. I mean, like, his biggest works were Wolverine Origins, Deadpool. So, I mean, some pretty good stuff there. Worked on Spider-Man for a while. Bunch of different... uh, He he also worked on Agent X with... If if no one's read that series, it's a really good little side uh, footnote in Deadpool lore. Um, So going back... uh, you know, there were there were contests, there were all kinds of stuff. Um, and, you know, it was successful. I mean, the game, I think, sold fairly well. Um, you know, like I said, there was that issue going on with the uh, with the licensing that that I think really kicked it in the ass. So, um. It did receive some mixed reviews. Um, I mean, everyone liked the story. They liked the humor. You know, it was very true to the comics. 
skills and gameplay were just not where it was. I mean, I, I, I will tell you this. The controls sucked for me. They sucked. Um, and yeah, I did find it pretty repetitive. It was, you know, part parts also where the the part of the game and they actually mentioned this in what I'm reading where uh he leaves the camera behind and you have to pick up the camera and follow him. Um I think just a really annoying part but I mean the rest of it was I mean for me it was the story and the humor in that that made it fun but the game itself the, it just wasn't fun to play if if you really want to enjoy this game watch someone else play it I'm gonna be honest I'm going to be perfectly honest. Thankfully, Twitch and YouTube let us do that. Indeed, indeed. I love that Hitmonkey was in this game, though. All and right. Bob, Agent of Hydra, who is one of my favorite characters. All right. Well, is that it for Deadpool? That's it for Deadpool. All right. You're a class- it sucks that the game got delisted, too, which is too bad. Oh, I didn't realize that. That sucks. Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying. So I also ran out it's to get a soda. Sorry. Twice. Sorry, I ran out to get a soda, so I might have missed it. So I gotta hydrate, although soda's not really hydrating, but it works. <laughs> it's got liquid in it, it can hydrate. That's right. All right. That's science. Uh let's move on and we've got some more stories for you. I know we've had some uh, shows with less stories lately, but we have a few more for you tonight. Uh, we're going to start it off, though, of course, with some rapid fire news. Oh, real quick, I'll I'll put in a, a rapid thing myself here because I was reading that link that um, Questbuster dropped in chat about the No Man's Sky expeditions. So, ooh, excuse me, burp. See, I had soda. Um, they are running for just a week apiece. So Utopia, which was the first expedition, is running right now, um, which thankfully I already finished that one or I'd be pissed I'm getting a late start. But... There were less expeditions this year. There were only three. So they're actually rerunning some of them, or they're rerunning one of them, excuse me, the very first one, I believe it was, which was Cartographers. That is going to run the 22nd of December through the 29th of December, so the week of Christmas, essentially. That is going to be, and if you have never done that one, which if you are a Switch player, you didn't have the opportunity because uh, the Switch version didn't come out until a little later. I would urge you to pay attention to this cartographer's one because the reward is the golden vector ship. That is like the best ship you can get in your inventory to jumpstart any game. So uh, that one is worth paying attention to, if nothing else. So uh, keep an eye out for that. All right. Um, Let's now get into some actual rapid fire news. Sorry. Uh, Loki, why don't you start us off? Yes. uh, So I think we even talked about that this was coming, but... Uh, John Romero's finally released Sigil 2, which uh, you can get at Romero.com. And it's basically a brand new uh, level pack for Doom. And it's a uh, yeah, complete new campaign free of charge, the best cost. Um, and it, actually, I think Sigil 2 is also, uh, yeah, Doom 2 episode is available as well. So I guess I don't, is this for Doom or Doom 2? I don't know. One of them it is for. Um, so that's awesome. And that was for Doom's uh, 30th anniversary. And then, of course, along with that, 
we have this really cool mod where someone has modded Wolfenstein 3D into Doom 2, uh, which is pretty crazy into that engine. I mean, yeah, I, I guess it makes the sense. The are there already. I, I, I was going to say, yeah, with all the bonus levels in there. So that makes sense that you could do that. Um, but it's cool that, you know, people put in games and other games. Well, Love it. I just remember doing the level skip, and I want to say it was like level 37 or 47, something like that, was a Wolfenstein level that you would otherwise, I think, need a special door to get to. Yeah, I remember playing I, that. I remember that too, yeah. Um, Nintendo Switch Online has gotten some updates. Uh, so we have some brand new games set of, well, brand new to the service games uh, that are available there. So uh, from the Nintendo 64, we have Harvest Moon 64 and Jet Force Gemini that are uh, joining, as well as 1080 degree snowboarding. So that's pretty cool. Check those out if you have uh, the... I think you have to have the expansion pass for that, though. Yeah, for those systems. Uh, Dark Sakura. So, it has been confirmed. No further sequels to the uh, open world uh, Legend of Zelda series. So, Tears of the Kingdom is, uh, is going to be it. After Breath of the Wild, uh, there will be no more no more in that specific aspect of the series. So that's it. And that's, that's and not a bad thing. Basic, basically, Aonuma said, and I'm just going to read this. Um, as I've mentioned previously with Tears of the Kingdom, we were seeking to build on top of the world we created in Breath of the Wild and really exhaust the possibilities of what we could put into that world. I think it is, to use a bit of a term, an apotheosis. Uh, or the final form of that uh, version of The Legend of Zelda. In that regard, I don't think that we'll be making a direct sequel to a world such as that we've created. And and like I was mentioning, that's, that's okay. If anyone does yeah. not know what apotheosis means, it means basically to ascend as a deity. Um, and the, I think that's a pretty good term for it. It's, it's a fun word. Um, I, uh, I, I, I think... If there's a new hardware twist with wherever the Switch goes, then I think you're going to see that Zelda, because it's not like they're ending Zelda. Absolutely, that's not what's happening here. It's just the series is going to evolve into something else. And if there's a hardware twist, it's likely that wherever Zelda goes will play into that hardware twist in one way or another. If you think about it, Breath of the Wild was kind of built with the Wii U in mind, even though, yeah, obviously it ended up being a little more associated as a Switch game. Um, but, uh, you know, and then, then as Dark Soccer was reading there in the quote, Tears of the Kingdom was essentially the best version of Breath of the Wild because it wasn't limited by anything Wii U, right? It was, it was really only for the Switch. So there was that. Um, and so I think wherever they go with the next hardware is just going to be, just going to be different and that's okay. And yeah, Tiger Claw also points out there is a little bit of a pattern. Maybe there's usually like two Zelda games that are from the same universe before they do another reboot set in another universe. So maybe kind of a throwback to like Ocarina of Time, Majora's Masks sort of thing. So yeah, maybe. You know what else came out the year that Deadpool came out hmm. was A Link Between Worlds. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was, ooh. I'd, I'd love for them to go back and do that kind of game. But you Technically know the second. Hmm. Yeah, technically is the second. And, you know, we did get um, the remake of the Game Boy game 
you know, so we did get that 2.5 Zelda on That one Switch. was pretty good. Yeah, and that was pretty good. So uh, there's there's room for all types of Zeldas. Uh, if, if, I, if I recall correctly, though, I think that also is in the Link to the Past universe. Um, I don't... Well, the, the Link Between Worlds was. I don't think uh, the Game Boy one was. I think they just did it in that art style for the remake. Yeah. Well, but then they they did that one, but then they also did uh is seasons and ages. So there was uh there was that later, but Well, no, I was more referring cuz I know that it was just that they started making the game and then got the go ahead. Mm-hmm. Might be a little bit or a little bit late on the date for it. I actually think that it was around uh Zelda 2. Go back and look it up. All right. Well, let's move on. Uh, I just have a quick story here for Rapid Fire News, and it has to do with a new thing that they've added to Splatoon 3. And it's actually causing some issues for folks with photosensitivity and sensory issues. It's called the Splatter Color Screen, and it's a new special weapon. It creates a large ink barrier that will damage players when they walk through it. Um, And the game will end up swapping from normal colors to grayscale, and it has a sound effect that goes with that as well. So, I mean, it it sounds very interesting, but... If you have a photosensitivity or sensory issue, apparently this the what, what happens with this can cause, and reports are coming in about strain, dizziness, migraines, and even fainting on top of that. And uh, color blindness is also um, having some issues with the screen as well. Um, you know, Nintendo is usually pretty good about addressing these sorts of situations with a patch. So hopefully, um, you know, there'll be an accessibility setting, or they just kind of maybe change a little bit. Maybe, maybe I haven't seen the effect myself, so I don't know if it's just too intense or something. What's ha- happening there? But as you should with any video game, if you start to feel unwell, press pause and do something else. Well, I know you can't exactly pause Splatoon three, but put it down and go uh, do something else. All right. Uh, meanwhile, let's travel the world and check out some release dates. Uh, I think we're getting in a slow part of the year, though, but let's go over to Loki anyway for the U.S. Yeah, still have a few things, though. Uh, we have Hammerwatch 2 on Nintendo Switch and PlayStation 5. Uh, Ready or Not on PC. Uh, Boston Knights on PC, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series. <laughs> Bulletstorm VR on PC, uh, PlayStation VR 2, and Quest 2. We have Custom Mech Wars on PC and PlayStation 5. Uh, Nosia on PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series. Uh, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus Rising on PC, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5. Grand Theft Auto The Trilogy, <laughs> the Definitive Edition. Please don't buy this on iOS and Android. Um, House Flipper 2 on PC. Uh, let's see. We've got uh, Rocco Venture on PC, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series. Witch on the Holy Night on PC. And Asgard's Wrath on Quest 2 and Quest 3. That's it. 
All right, traveling over to Japan and checking out the releases. December 14th on the Switch. We actually have a few things. And uh, yeah, it starts off with this. If you want to experience the shit show that is the Lord of the Rings Gollum, you're going to get your chance oh. in Japan this week. And yeah, they, they have translated it for Japan. I do, Why? I do notice that the price to import this game is only $40, which is a lot cheaper than most import games. So I wonder if they didn't turn around and release this as a budget title for obvious reasons because the game is shit if you haven't heard um so uh yeah thoughts and prayers to you if you decide to spend your money in japan on this because uh, i promise you it's 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 not good uh anyhow some other releases that maybe will be worth your time a little more uh kumaju ramilia 2 strangers requiem is out in japan on the switch i think this is really cool the taito ld game collection and ld means laser disc these are laser disc games that came out from taito in japan including Time Gal HD Remaster, <laughs> Space Battleship Yamato HD Remaster, and Revenge of the Ninja HD Remaster. So if you want to check those out, that is all in a Switch collection. That's kind of fun, and I doubt we'll get that here. So that's a fun import if you want to check that out. Battleship Yamato was uh, Star Blazers here in the U.S. Oh, but it's, have we have we had a release of that on Switch? I don't think so. So I don't know. Maybe maybe they will do it. I haven't here, had but, a yeah. game, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Um, looking at some other releases in Japan this week, we have a Komaju, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I already read that one. Uh, Trigger Heart Excelica is also out this week. Cosmic Fantasy Collection 2 is also out this week, uh, which, uh, has actually, it's, it's, it's three Cosmic Fantasy titles in it. So it's literally the second collection. So it has Cosmic Fantasy 3, Cosmic Fantasy 4, and then a second Cosmic Fantasy 4 game, because I think it was like a, a, gold and silver kind of thing um also we have borderlands 3 getting a release in like a game of the year style edition this week on the switch and i think that's it oh no one more tetsudu nippon real pro tokyo romance car and i i don't know if that means you get to actually romance cars but i don't think you would actually be doing that because it's a train it's a train simulator game uh, that's out on the switch so but it has it has like first person riding romance trains. train cars i i hope so train cars would treat me better than most men would let's be honest all right um going to playstation 5 uh we have custom mech wars comes out in japan this week as well as under the waves nosia is out this week volume 11 of the chemco rpg selection Alphadia, Neo, King's Descent, Ancient Hunter, and Iskai Rondo are in this set. The 11th collection in Japan. I want to meet somebody that owns all 11. Uh, Front Mission First Remake, also out in Japan this week, and Submerge Hidden Deaths. Hmm? What's that, Dark Sakura? Um, I'm, I know, I'm sorry about the lag thing. I'm trying to fix it. Yeah. But something about Komajo Remilia is that I own this game on Switch. Oh, fun. Interesting. Well, it's the same thing. And I think, if I'm right, it's in the, the Toho series. Yep, hmm. you are you are uh, playing as Remu, who is one of the major Toho characters. Hmm. All righty. Basically well, plays like Symphony of the Night. We love us a Metroidvania. All right, but that was all I had for Japanese releases, so we can go to the UK. again yeah it's it's lagging a bit so just uh try to jump in there when you can 
Well, there's only one game. It's Hammer Watch 2, the Chronicles edition on December 12th for Switch and PlayStation, and that's it. All right. Well, we do still have a few headlines for you before we get to the listener roundtable. So let's get to Loki. And this one is, wow. Go ahead, Loki. So the FTC apparently is still trying to block the acquisition of Activision by Microsoft. Uh, They were arguing in front of the appeals court in California, um, saying that basically the original attempts to block the deal were held too high a standard by um, requiring the government agency to prove that the deal was anti-competitive. They fail to understand how giving somebody a monopoly of something would be pro-competitive, said their uh, lawyer during the appeal case. Uh, It may be a benefit to some class of consumers, but that's a very different than saying it's pro-competitive. I really hate that we have a government body arguing something that they don't know anything about. Like, because they're saying that, oh, it's it's anti-competitive for Microsoft to acquire Activision. But at the same time, there are many games that are released specifically to those platforms as well. Like Square Enix does a lot of those games that only come out on that platform. And so, and being that they've committed to having these titles come out in other uh, platforms for at least like 10 years or something is it's ridiculous to call it anti-competitive. I don't know. I don't know why they're still, why they're putting so much fuss into this and not like say the cable companies and overcharging us for internet, because that's been a thing forever. And want to talk about monopolies and anti-competitive. Why don't we focus on that instead of like video games, but whatever. Let's yeah. see what they do. SSO 100 Matt in chat says, a government body wasting time and money on something that's pointless. I Perfectly said. I perfectly mean, said. I, I get it. It's supposed to be like, you know, uh, for, for consumers. But like, I feel that this is such a small, it's such a small thing in comparison to like other stuff. It's like, oh, this may hurt one video game company. How about you look at how Zaslav is hurting Hollywood? Why don't you go look into that? Yeah, exactly. There you, there you go. Like, there's a lot of things that they could be looking into. Um, I just don't see why they're so dead set on like stopping this. But okay. Why don't you look into? Why don't you look into? Um, God, what was the what was the great nickname I heard for him today? But you know, you all know the guy I hate that owns Twitter at this point. Um, they uh, oh, Phony hey. Stark. That was the name I heard. Ha, Phony, phony Stark. Stark. Why don't they look into Phony Stark? And how the fuck he's allowed to hang on to this platform? There's so many other things that they could be looking into. Like why this is look I, again, and I, I I'm a broken record. I'll say it again. I don't I didn't I didn't love this concept of the merge, but trust us, it's it it is better this way that the people at Activision be replaced. That's it. All right. <sighs> Moving on. Um, Dark Sakura with an update on Twitch culture. Yeah, uh, they are shutting down in South Korea. So um, they are going to be ending at the end of February uh, 2027 and basically said it's too damn expensive. Um, They said that it will uh, work to help their streamers that are based in South Korea move their communities to alternative live streaming services and said that it was very difficult to suspend their business there. They've been operating at a significant loss and that it's basically 10 times more expensive than other countries. And even though they've tried to reduce the cost a lot, including limiting their source quality to 720p, 
it hasn't helped them recoup any. So they are. Also, I'm going to say this, just something about the article that I, I like. You know how many are saying the statement on, you know, letter formerly known as Twitter? Mm-hmm. I like that this one uses nay Twitter. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's made a name. <laughs> but That's pretty good. I'm going to use that from now on. I'm, although even though I, that's all I call it. But yeah, um, it's and of course, this also comes after saying that it's going to be ending service on Switch. Maybe they'll give us more payouts now. Maybe. Um, yeah, and uh, SG100 Matt in chat says, saw a lot of streamers reacting to this. Truly sucks. <laughs> Many of them felt like they were essentially fired. Yeah, it is. That is. I mean, it does sound like, though, the cost of bandwidth, and I'm I'm not up to date on these types of situations, but it sounds like the bandwidth in South Korea is a lot more. And you, you kind of said that you, you outlined the 10 times more expensive and so forth. So it's just that the bandwidth costs, for whatever reasons, are higher. So maybe this is something. I can't. Can they pressure the government? Excuse me. Too much soda. Uh, can they pressure the government to try to lower bandwidth and make it more accessible? Maybe is is this the ploy to try to get people to petition lawmakers to regulate this and make it cheaper? I don't know if that's even a, a thing, but um, sometimes companies will make moves like this to try to get upset people to effect change in other ways. But it doesn't it doesn't seem very competitive to South Korea to uh, have the bandwidth be so expensive. And uh, as uh, pointed out by DJ Rama S, from what I've read, it's more costly for American companies to set up shop in South Korea. That makes sense to me. Yeah. All right. uh, Moving on, Loki. Uh, Yes. So we have news now that Alone in the Dark, the remake has been postponed to March 20th, 2024 to avoid crunch uh so thq nordic um basically they've said that to avoid any potential crunch over the christmas holidays now is that going to be crunched towards march who knows but at least over the christmas holidays um they are going to be giving them more time to put the game together so that's good yeah this is good news happy holidays to all the employees there you know and especially when i believe thq nordic's been in the news for a lot of other interesting things lately um it's uh this is a welcome change of pace and yeah if that's what has to be done for the game to be right good uh justin is in our chat right now hello friends saying avoiding crunch is always a good thing there are plenty of games to play right now isn't that the truth there's plenty there's plenty of stuff to play and 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 now now games are birthing games inside games so you can always go play more things in Fortnite if you want or whatever roblox whatever the hell it is you're into you've you have you've got games within a game at this point there is your backlog is too fucking big right now you you don't you don't need alone in the dark on top of everything else <laughs> all right well one more story i have for you and that has to do with hey hideo kojima all the rage this week and uh, did you know that there's actually a documentary uh that hideo kojima is actually putting together on himself of course called Hideo Kojima Connecting Worlds. It will be exclusively released in Disney Plus uh, here in uh, America. Uh, he posted on Nay Twitter <laughs> that the film, which has already been shown at the Tribeca Film Festival, will launch globally in the spring of 2024. 
in the movie. It uh, goes over the the development of Death Stranding. And you actually get to see part of the creative process as he was launching his own independent studio. Uh, Apparently, there are shots from the early days of independent studio, uh, memories from childhood and the creative journey. So he's tried to uh, put a lot of this in here. Um, uh, No word if it says anything about upcoming games, but seeing as we already know the movie debuted at Tribeca Film Festival, I don't think it does unless they maybe added something to it. But I wouldn't go in expecting that. Um, We do have now, I know when we saw that original, what? We should have a watch and react party. Uh, maybe uh, it can be hard because it's a um, copyright thing. If it was on Amazon, we could do one of those watch party things, but it's harder to do a Disney plus cause it would technically be copyright. So we could do like a, uh, uh, one of those things where it's like an audio commentary or press play now, you know, type of thing. But yeah, we wouldn't be able to do something live, unfortunately copyright. So, um, I, I just meant us watching it and oh, then making fun of it. Well, that, oh, I thought you meant and put it on the internet. Well, if it's just us, then fine. Um, I do want to point out because... We could uh, do that. <laughs> I mean, I know that there's ways of getting around it. When the OD trailer debuted, uh, we had uh, Deft in our chat was talking about it needs to have Guillermo del Toro in it. Well, guess what? Good news for you, Deft. Guillermo del Toro is in this uh, documentary. Uh, Video gaming is an art, says Guillermo del Toro in the trailer. But the only person in charge of the orchestra is the auteur. So uh, check out that documentary when it comes out, if you have Disney+. And if you don't have Disney+, Plus, I guess you'll pirate it. Uh, Dijaram S. points out, private watch party in Discord. I guess you know, it's a gray area, but maybe. So, um, yeah. Orange Wright calls it Vogue Tracks. That's cute. It's the same thing you were saying, just, you know, hit hit play at the same time and everyone watch it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We could do that. That's like that Netflix That's party cool. on Xbox 360 was the best thing ever. And it was essentially that. So you do have that. All right. Well, believe it or not, that was our last scheduled story tonight. So we now invite interaction from all of you. Uh, we always invite your emails and participate at orangeloungeradio.com. I don't think there was anything. This, there was a actually I should have went in and deleted it, Jamie. Um, there was a really well done marketing email in there. <laughs> that's like a, it's addressed to you. And everything. I deleted everything. It calls out the show. Yeah, it was it was it was marketing. But I was like, wow, this person actually their database is very good. That scrapes all the info. <laughs> So, wait, 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 wait. Should I have looked at this? N- no, because it w- I, it's nothing we're interested in. It was it was for like a caffeine drink or something. But um, I uh, I was like, wow. I I, I was like, did ChatGPT <laughs> help? Because it actually it incorporated parts of our podcast description that talked about you won these podcast awards for da 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 all the things that are in our description. Um, and I was like. Okay, like, yeah. look, I, I'm very happy with those awards, but they were, like, over 10 years ago. So, like, it just felt very chat GPT generated. Like, write an invite for this podcast based yeah. off their description. <laughs> so, anyway. Get that. All right. Um... But I will invite your calls as well over at uh, vognetwork.com slash discord if you want to call in. And it appears we have a caller who's waiting right there to be on the program tonight. So let's go and say hello. Hi, caller. You're on the air. Who's this? The one and only DJ Ron S. And let me go ahead and turn my camera on and go, hi, everybody. Oh, yay. We love it when you actually get on the cam. Hey, Rama, good to see you. How are you? 
I'm good. I'm I've spent half the day packing, so you know. <laughs> oh, that's right. You're going on your big trip real soon, like real soon. Yes. yes. <laughs> so since you brought it up, I'm assuming we're okay to talk about the fact that you're going to Japan uh yeah. in a matter of days. I'm really mm-hmm. excited for you. What 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 are some of like the big I don't tell us everything because it's only a three hour show, but what are some of the big highlights that you're planning on doing when you're in Japan? There is a lot of things, but the first thing I plan to do once I got in some energy in me and I fully checked in a hotel and so forth, I am going to do a pilgrimage. I will be going to the Naram Award and I'll be walking around that entire neighborhood. That's because where Ranma one half took place. Oh, okay. Cute. Then you have to take pictures from the Odaiba Bridge for me. I will. I will add that to my notes. Have you been to Japan before? <laughs> Sorry, Digimon fan. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never been. That's just it. Neither have I. Good for you that you're you're getting this off your bucket list or what have you. I'm jealous. Well, you can do it too. I'll I know you're that. right. I can. I, I I chose to do the Star Trek cruise again next year. I could have used that money to do something like this. Um, but we're probably not doing it again in 2025. Just saying. Saying. Oh, there you go. I still really want to go I, see. Apple I will Voyage also point out in London. Hmm. I will be going. My plan is to do t- uh, Tokyo Disney Sea for my fiftieth. I have heard nothing but great things about that place. Uh, one of the other YouTubers I follow, he took his family there over the summer. And he, he was told how great it was. Um, how long are you staying? Yeah, I really want to go and then buy all the Duffy stuff. <laughs> I am going for roughly two weeks. I am coming back like a couple of days early so I can get readjusted for jet lag and so forth. Because three days after I return, the office opens up and we have smart. brand new people coming into the office. So, it's yeah. going to be hell. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> All right. Well, I bon, bon voyage. Um, I, I hope you have a wonderful trip and I look forward to hearing all about it. Um, is that why? That's not why you called in tonight. I bet. What, no, no, no. That's not why, why I called. Why did no, you call no. in tonight? You didn't call in just I, to brag. I, I you just called to brag. I know. Which honestly, <laughs> honestly, go off. Like you have every right to brag about something brag. like that. I would, yeah. So, but now that you've gotten the bragging out of the way, what did you really want to talk about? First off, love you, Ukchan. <laughs> Secondly, I was reminded mm-hmm. of of a topic from last week about how Sony pulled all the digital videos off their service. And, it was, and I understood it was because of WBD, you know, more than anything else. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel the more accurate way to phrase that is that WDBD pulled their videos from Sony's service. I, mm-hmm. I think it's a little but that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. And, and it got me to thinking about how there are a lot of games that come out and we're excited for and we're like, oh, we're going to pre-order this. And we're sitting here waiting for the announcement of said game and all of the features and so forth, like what you're going to get with it. Then you find out it's just a digital-only game. Like, one of the games I just picked up was Johanny the Bahelian. It's a Metroidvania game. It was digital-only here in the States. But meanwhile, while I was at Anime NYC, I was able to pick up a physical copy for PlayStation 5. Oh, wow. As it's just like multi-region the game, so I'm like it, it didn't matter. I could play it in English and so forth. So you know, and well, I remember Rama. I don't pre-order games anymore. Like I once in a great while, like I pre-ordered Final Fantasy 16 
two weeks before it came out. Like by the time they're already public and you know exactly what you're getting mm -hmm. in that edition. And I, I realize that the industry really relies on these types of pre-orders. And some would say that I should not discourage people from pre-ordering because it could, you know, harm the bottom line of the industry. However, I would say as the industry continues to move in this direction and by the examples that they've given us, such as what you have given you, uh, I think it's a buyer beware situation and you should not be so quick to pre-order these things. I mean, I bet half those things they showed trailers for at the Game Awards, you could pre-order now if you wanted to. Honestly, don't. Because games games don't sell out now. Because at worst case scenario, you get a digital, right? Like ga games, you're, you, that era of I'm not going to be able to get the game I want is gone because you could always get it digitally. Now, the, the era of I can't get the hardware I want is still very much among us. But yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, sure, okay, yeah, special see, editions, sure. Yeah, that see that there, that's the issue right there. Because yes, I have pre-ordered so many games, and I realized if I had just waited, I could have saved ten, twenty, thirty dollars. Mm -hmm. But there are some games, there are some special editions that I need to get my hands on. Like yes, I did drop ninety bucks on the Bayonetta three special edition. That's one of the few special editions where you can get it now for sixty dollars. I'm like. I didn't know, and my backlog is so far that the game is still, the box is still sitting, like, right behind me. If everybody's watching on the screen by my clothes or whatever, the box is standing, is back there. And I'm like, if I had waited a year, I could have gotten it off of Amazon for, like, 80 bucks. Or behind like behind bucks. all the big boy shirts. <laughs> oh, you mean soon-to-be medium boy shirts. <laughs> oh, okay. But um, I remember y'all had mentioned, uh, like, a game coming out, River City Rival Showdown. I was like, okay. I will pick this up for Switch. And I'm like, are we getting a physical release? Not in the States. But I had to do some importing to get my hands on the limited edition copy, which was like 10 bucks more. But even if it wasn't, something like this, because I'm a big fan of the Kunio Kun series, mm -hmm. I went out and I bought it. Same thing with the Yohane game. Yes, I have it digital because I'm a fan of that the Love Life series. I went out and got the PS5 version of the game. And I was like, sure, why not? I really feel that, you know, we have all these digital games coming out, but if the sales are there, do a limited run of a physical release. I mean, like, in a way, that kind of worked for TMNT Shredder's Revenge. Yes, I have, I, I played the digital version on, on Game Pass. I think I actually bought it with the DLC. And then I went out and pre-ordered the physical copy from um, Limited Run Games. I love limited run. As do I. Well, yeah. And I think, I think especially after what happened with Warner brothers and Sony and all that, you know, there's going to be more people that think twice about buying digital and relying on digital. Mm -hmm. And for me, digital really only makes sense for me in two cases. Number one, PC games, because they just, they don't make physical P PC games anymore. They just don't. Like, so few PCs even come with a fucking DVD drive at this point, or CD or anything. Like, they're just, they're, there's, there's, it's all digital at this point. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. that's one case. The other case is when it, when it makes sense because it's cheaper. Like, if the digital one goes on sale or comes out for less money, I might consider getting that because it's, it's, I, I can't resell my digital copy, right? But a physical copy, right. I can always resell, even though I never do. It's this weird. See, it's this weird thing my brain does. What was the last? What was the last game you bought? The last game I a, bought a disc. Oh, a disc. Uh, well, Final Fantasy mine was 16. Mass Effect Three. 
Final Fantasy 16. Because I, I... No, I take that back. Star Trek Online. Um, Final Fantasy 16 had a disc. I want to say I've bought something since then on PlayStation, but um, mm-hmm. uh, that one comes to mind because... Oh, I meant no, on, on PC. Oh, on PC? On computer. Oh, fuck. Um, yeah. Probably a Final Fantasy I think 14 mine was expansion. Star Trek Online. I want to say a Final Fantasy 14 expansion before they were... I think maybe Stormblood was the last one that actually had a DVD with it. Probably that. I can tell you the last console game that I bought was Osmond hmm. for Dan. <laughs> yeah. And you know what, Rob? You're right. We're going towards digital. And I'm, I, I am, I am old school. I'm a Gen Xer. I want my physical copies. I, I need I to step away to for it. just a moment. I'm sorry, everybody, but keep talking. It's just that I, I like to have something it, to have. That's, that's all it is. I mean, yeah. if the digital is dirt cheap, then sure, I will go ahead and get the digital version. Now, if it's, if I can get my hands on a physical copy of it at a reasonable price, I'll absolutely do it, you know. But now that you know you got yeah, the console, sure. you know you got consoles. You know you can add extra memory to it. It's going to go that route. It's like, yeah, I pre-ordered FF Seven Rebirth. I got the collector's edition, and that same week I'm picking up my PS Five and a two terabyte drive to have it all ready to go for the game when it, when it, when it arrives. I mean, that's the nature of things, although I honestly wish for some systems that you actually could increase their memory, and I mean RAM <laughs> and not you know, storage. I, I kind of feel that the, on the next generation of consoles, there should be two drives. One drive should be just the OS drive, and the second drive is just strictly data. Because we're getting there. I mean, so many people who are building their PCs, you have the Windows, you have the OS drive, and then you have to drive with everything else. I mean... Well, I it's, and and excuse me for being a little bit of a nerd for a moment, but it's honestly one of the things that I like about the APFS format system is that if you're working in partitions, then they are dynamically resizing themselves. So you would really just need one drive that would accommodate everything and use your dynamic uh, format. See, see, now you're gonna make me have to work, Luke John. You're making me work now. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna write this. Turn it down. off. Sorry. No, it's, it's okay. It's okay. We, they're in the process of updating stuff at work for people getting new Macs and new Lenovo, so it's gonna be fun. All right, sorry. Yeah, I'm back I've got now. my eye on a M2. <laughs> there are people that. Are, um. What, are what that... I was mentioning. Okay, so I yeah nothing. I just had my weird lag. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's it's oh, fine, good. but it creates awkward pauses. Um, looking at some comments from chat over at Twitch.tv/slash/Vog Network. Uh, she Hulk Ten says, "With all these stories, I think physical media will make a comeback." Uh, Questbuster is talking about the last physical PC game I bought was a successful Kickstarter years ago that promised one. Ooh, that's good. Uh, Pod Culture says physical will go the route of vinyl records, become a collector thing. Well, you know what? They sell vinyl records at Target mm-hmm. now, so things have an interesting way of coming full circle, that's for sure. All right, well, Rama... And see, oh, go ahead. I honestly feel that it's... that it's media is going to be the norm from here on out. Mm-hmm. The only thing is that there are... Like, Japan's very much into physical media, which is why yeah. you can get games like that 
even though the companies that are making the games would still prefer to have a digital distribution, but like you still buy CDs, you still buy, you know, all of that. All right. Well, Rama, is there anything else on your mind tonight before we let you go? Last thing, and then I'm going to get out of here. This one is for you, Rob. This is something that you have brought up a few times before about how games do not come with instruction manuals anymore. You just get the case, the game, and that's it. Very rare. Very rare. I got here the Valis Collection 2. Valis. Valis Collection 2 from Limited Run Games. Look how thick that is, though. It's so thick, Rama. (laughs) That's so thick. That's a thick with three C's package you've got there in your hand get your mind out of the gut i'm talking about a video game <laughs> love you rob I, I i love you you better anyway so when i got this i always pop open to see what all the cool swag that i have so i popped open the, the game itself and shocker there is an instruction manual in the friggin' box. Huzzah. No, it's and I'm just like, nice. I go back to my other games like, wait, I think this is the first game I bought in several years where there's an actual instruction manual. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, ooh, this is probably going to have to go in the museum. Well, that, right next well to the because it is collector's what edition. Is that collection? That's That's why. But still, I mean. Is that like in- Valus 1 and 2? Uh, this one is it's no it's Sid of Valis, original eight. All right, Sid of Valis, Valis four, one of the original oh. Valis games, and Valis the Phantasm Soldier. So it's a couple, I guess, eight bit renditions. So, oh, okay, I know those. That's cool. That's cool. I used to play Living Daylight side of them when they when the, my local video store would have them for rental. So we right. we still have the first two for uh for Turbo Duo. That reminds me, I have to hit up uh Animate Japan because a friend of mine picked up one of the Ronma one half games for Turbo Duo for like eight hundred yen. Nice. All right. Well, Rama, enjoy your trip to Japan, <laughs> and I can't I wait to hear all about it. Well, if y'all end up doing a show during the midweek next week, depending on the time, you, I could so pop in I, j- and do I just stepped away because that was actually my dad that was calling, and I I will stop the show when he calls because it might be an emergency. Of course, Luck- of course. Luckily, it wasn't an emergency. He he didn't realize. He's like, your show goes on this late. It's like yes. <laughs> so, but he was <laughs> he was letting me know that he has uh, Christmas Eve plans with the other part of the family. So I will be free. Maybe Christmas Eve. I still have to figure out what's going on with Alan's side of the family, just to make sure. But if my Christmas Eve stays free during the day, then I'm totally down with it to do like a daytime show. I think would be fine. So if not, we we, should, always... we need to get some Panda Express. Yeah. If if nothing else, we could um, always do it um, New Year's during the day. So or New Year's Eve, whatever. Anyway, but we'll we'll work that out in the coming days. So all right. Um. Well, Rama, have a great time, and remember, picks or didn't happen. Oh, trust me, there'll be pics and videos. Just understand, most of the pics will be will be the food that I eat. That's that's I love food. Yeah, put the food up. All right, take care, my yeah. friend. Thanks for calling. All right, you too. All right. I'll take care. Love y'all. Bye. Bye. Uh, anime Jam Session, of course, Tuesday nights here at the Voice of Geeks Network if you want to hear more Rama, and who wouldn't? 
All right. Um, again, I just want to give one more plug for the email bag. Participate at orangelawntrader.com is the place to send your emails. But, but like instruction manuals, we see them so infrequently. But feel free to show us your thick package. Hmm. I'm talking about collector's editions of video games, of course, uh, in our mailbag. Participate at orangelawntrader.com. Um, other than that, I think we can wrap things up here tonight. So we're going to get everybody's final thought tonight. Uh, actually, wait, I should check in real quick with Loki. Any last minute stories? I don't have any last minute stories. Okay. Well, that's fine. I think we, we had a lot. We had covered a lot of news tonight. Uh, so we'll get final thoughts. Uh, first off, thank you as always for listening to Orange Launch Radio and spending time with us tonight. Uh, if you enjoyed what you heard here at OLR, please help us spread the word. Tell a friend or two about the show because we are the show where every gamer has a voice, but we need more voices to put out on air. A nice five-star review on a site like iTunes uh, or wherever goes a very long way. So we really appreciate all of that. We will be back in seven days to do this all over again with our pal Bobby Blackwolf, who should also be here fresh off of his uh, uh, onstage events at DreamHack Atlanta, which I know is a pretty big deal. So I'm really excited to hear about how all of that went. So we'll hear about that next week when Vogue Network's programming starts live at 8 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Pacific. Okay, we're going to get final thoughts. Um, Dark Sakura, I know uh, you're not streaming tonight, so we're going we're gonna to visit somebody else instead. But do you have some final thoughts for our listeners tonight? Um... Yeah, just remember to take care of yourself. Um, don't don't bite off more than you can chew, and uh, be kind to people because you really don't know what they're going through. And this is for on multiple sides of opinions of world events right now. Just just remember, a little kindness goes a long way and helps your cause a lot better than being a shithole does. All right. With that, we'll go over to Techmaster Loki. Your final thought tonight. Um, final thought is that um, I got to do some editing. All right. Happy editing to you. Oh, shit. Um, my final thought. My ballet recital is Saturday. You got this. You could do it. Um, <laughs> my, final, it just on me. my final thought tonight is um, some really exciting stuff being planned for next year on the hosting front I'm really excited so um, if you're ever in the area I hope you'll stop by and see, see a show it's always a lot of fun anyway that's going to do it tonight have a wonderful night everybody and uh, enjoy our special holiday ending courtesy of DJ Rama S I hope you all have a wonderful week and we will see you next time here on Orange Lounge Radio Good night. You've been listening to Orange Lounge Radio. Orange Lounge Radio is a production of OLR Studios. To join us for our live show, tune in to vognetwork.com Sunday nights at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. The views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff of Orange Lounge Radio nor Vogue Network, but you know they were all still true. See you next week.